Valverde. Sorry I missed the drama this morning. I was showing boy genius down there how to back up a forklift. Tonight we are going to be talking about the 2018 NFL Draft and we are going to be focusing on the running backs and the tight ends. Two weeks ago we knocked out the QBs and wide receivers. If you haven't checked that show out, do yourself a favor, go back and listen to it. I thought it was a good one. Um, as usual, I've got Houdini to the left of me. I've got Stag Party across the way. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and uh, just excited to be back on a Friday. It's always nice when we do these shows on the weekend, because um, Stag Party can have his Bud Lattes, even though, or, you know, Bush Lattes, uh, even though his kid's rocking out Robert the Bruce, three Floyds tonight. Well done. I like to see it, my friend. I like to see it. Um, what's going on, boys? It's good to be here on a Friday. I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited. It's like one of the times I, I finally get to get. I'm happy to be so happy to be out of my house because it's full of fucking boxes, and I can't wait to move in a week and uh, be in a much better place. Uh, awesome. Both in a better place there and a better place in my mind. Mentally, there you go. Yep. So I see. Matters, if, I, yeah. if I was married, I'd be like, I'm just happy to be here because <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got a we got the draft coming up in less than a week now. We're at you know six days, and the clock's quick it a clicking quick for some teams. <laughs> Say so, that quickly. Yeah, that's a little quick one for you. There's a lot of great running back depth in this draft, and even at the top of the draft, people are talking about how an RB might still go high. You know, Saquon Barkley is the talk of the town. He's the bell of the ball. He's the bell of DeVoe or whatever fucking year that was, you old fucks. Um, <laughs> got that poison. <laughs> that one time that things happened. But, you know, Barkley's the most interesting prospect in the draft because we know the value of running backs in the NFL. But then people think because this guy is such an advanced pass catcher as a running back that he is automatically 
you know, in a different tier and worthy of a top 10 pick. And that's just not something I'm sure I believe in. When you look at how the Steelers value Le'Veon Bell and, and are only just like keeping him around for a taste. Yeah, well, I, I've been saying this and thinking it more and more uh, you know, over the last couple few years when, honestly, the NFL and, and the owners um, have just kind of turned the running backs, and maybe it's been even longer, probably five years. The running back, just like ever since Aaron uh, Adrian Peterson's $100 million contract, no running back at this rate is even going to sniff that. Um, and it's, it just seems like they're definitely uh, co- commoditizing uh, a position at the running back that used to be the best athletes in all sports. And I think that the NFL, the owners, and everyone involved with salaries and scale of pay um, need to figure this out because it's kind of unfair for these athletes. Like Basically, the quarterbacks get $125 million and uh, you know, linemen do well, but like there's certain skill positions, the running back especially, that right now it's like a $25 million deal over four years is like hip, hip, hooray. And what's, what the NFL is going to find out is that people are going to start jettisoning to other sports. Uh, NFL, uh, you know, baseball. These, these are the best athletes that are usually playing quarterback, running back, and wide receiver um, from all the way when they were in eighth grade and freshman because these are the sexy positions. People are going to be like, fuck it, I'm not going to get uh, my head bashed, bashed in by uh, uh, defensive guys all day. And, and, and when I actually make it and I can get drafted on an NFL team, I'm going to make no money when I could have gone into another sport or played another position, played safety instead of uh, running back or what have you. So I think the league has got to figure out a way to make that better or the running back position is going to be really shitty and drained of athletes because they're going to be like, fuck it, I'm not, I'm not going to play a position that I'll get paid with. I understand that argument. I kind of want to go back to where Staggs was talking about are any of these I guys in no way are any of these guys worth taking in the first round? Right, it was was kind of where you, where you were going a little bit. Like, or is Barkley really worth a top? Well, 10 let's not pick? get into it. We, we're going to be talking about this the whole time. I, we were about Barkley will be the first person we talk about. It. Yeah, no, I, I just, want to precursor a little bit of this other stuff before we get into. The I, I I have interesting. Okay. I'm just going okay. to tease you that I have some interesting stuff. Yes, for later. Te- um, kind of going back on draft history when it oh, pertains nice. to running backs and where particularly pertains to first round draft pick running backs. So Love just will let you know that that I have. You tease tease <laughs> me. Um, tickle tickle. Tease. Yeah. So <laughs> along your line of discussion, though, I don't think drawing a first of the line at no first round running backs is the way to do it, because running backs are most valuable during their first contract. So in theory, I want their first contract to be longer. Well, how do I get it longer? I get a fifth year option when I draft them in the fifth or first round. So that's one way. So you know, completely writing off first round running backs, you know, that's bad form. Plus, when you're a team drafting in the back half uh, of the draft, you've got less holes to fill in theory. You know, so when you're trying to plug a position and maybe make your offense a little bit more dynamic by adding a guy like this, it, it's a great fit. You you know, you know, you probably already got a pretty good offensive line. Probably already got a pretty good quarterback. And then, you know, that's when the time to do it is. You know, add a guy who can make your quarterback even more dynamic uh, by adding one of these guys. That fifth-year option's a big thing because then you can go fifth-year option, tag, tag, and you pretty much get all this guy's productive career, and then somebody might overpay for past production, which is what you're really trying to avoid. Also, think about that. It should be like you're talking about, D-Rex. It's not, 
it, you should be drafting on need. So if you if your ultimate need is a running back and you have, you know, 31 picks before you're picking again and you have the chance to get that guy, that's great. But I think kind of where running backs have been kind of shit on is that you had some unsuccessful top-end running backs that have then made owners just kind of like almost blackball the position to a point mm-hmm. where uh, they got beat down in the draft. But, I mean, you look across the first-round draft, uh, draft picks every year, they're littered with busts. And, there are, you know, you find a lot more of the gems later on in the draft. So I, I'm not going to – I think that if – all things being fair, if teams just drafted purely on need, and uh, then running backs would not have kind of that. Where I think there was a couple of years, maybe we'd be like, "Oh, we're no, we're not outside of this guy. No, no one should be drafted." Yeah, no, that's a good point. You got get burned, and you're like, "I'm not going to get burned again." Um, so let's go. You wanted to let's talk quickly about something that just came out uh, yesterday. I believe it was um, maybe just a quick overview of the schedule coming out. Um, I did post to our Facebook page, that Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac, um, a pretty visual version of the um, a schedule that I thought was pretty cool. I think it's a good thing, um, and Stag's kind of uh, bestowed this on me, but um, when you, if you're doing MFL 10s and any best balls on draft or whatever, um, make sure you check out the bye weeks now that you can know that you know, if you're only going to draft two or three QBs out of your 20 rounds in a best ball league, make sure you don't draft two QBs that have the same bye week um, now that we actually know when these bye weeks and all this stuff. Maybe we knew where the bye week was. I don't know. Do, do, we know, do, we know what, do we know when they're from, uh, when it starts? I haven't even dove into the schedule. Yeah, yet. I know. I'm not, I'm not talking big picture, but oh, okay. it, it's it's all it's the second post on the Facebook. I just thought it was, it's always cool uh, whenever they get the schedule out and kind of know, you know, if you haven't spent any time on it, then we don't need to discuss it. But um, I just love actually knowing when certain games. This, we're playing on Thanksgiving. We got uh, people think the Bears are gonna be pretty good because there's definitely some prime time happening. I think we might be the first Sunday night game. Yeah, we're playing the Packers. Yeah, Packers on the road on Sunday night. In what their fiftieth uh, year, fiftieth year, hundredth huh. year, or something <laughs> crazy. It's probably more than fifty, but um, as far as that, it's a big anniversary for them. Yeah. Maybe it's their hundredth year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the Packers are. A, it's a long time rivalry. Why not play the Bears? The Bears and the Bears and the Bears and the Bears. You know, Sunday night of the week. Show off your 100th anniversary. It's a big milestone for the NFL and the oldest, oldest rivalry in the NFL. Yeah. So. But, you know, moving back to running backs and sort of just talking about, uh, you know, their value. Uh, and we talked about how we want these guys, we want their profitable years when they're young. That's when we're going to see the most value out of them. But still, there's a lot of different factors going into it because really, you know, when it helps you win football games, the run game doesn't really do it in the NFL. It's all about the pass game and stopping the pass. You know, six of the bottom ten teams in yards per carry allowed, you know, made the playoffs. It doesn't matter if you're a bad rush defense because usually the run can't kill you in a game like you can in college football where you can run it 50 and 60 times down a team's throat. You have to be able to throw the ball to be successful at the NFL level, uh, and your offense should start with that. So, you know, seeing what a lot of these teams are doing and seeing these trends and, you know, seeing old-school teams like the Bears now flip over to going more of a West Coast, presumably pass-happy offense, 
that that's going to be good for offense as a whole and good for us as fantasy owners. Totally. I agree. Well, let's, you know, basically, as you said, in my opinion, from the buzz that we had even two weeks ago when we were doing the quarterback and wide receiver show, then it was uh, Saquon Barkley at the fourth going to Browns. All the rage this week is now everyone, you know, Mayock, um, McShay, and I, I trust. I like Mayock. I always have. I, I think he's a great talent evaluator. He, they're saying that they think the Giants are taking him at two. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, I, I mean, two. If, if you're the Giants, who, how many years have they been drafting running backs now? From Paul Perkins to Wayne Gallman to to everyone, and they're bringing in uh, the, who's the old dude that that couldn't make it. Uh, they brought in everybody. Uh, um, Brandon Jacob. I mean, it's been forever. That's, that's since, a long time. That's, that's a but that's long. how long it's been since they've they had a running had, back. Well, Tiki Barber was probably yeah. their last great well, running back. Brandon oh. Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw. 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 Formed a great tandem. Bradshaw. And they did that with late round picks. Here's the reason why I Bradshaw say it makes sense, though, for them. Look, you're keeping Eli Manning around. You know, if you're keeping Manning, and obviously it seems at this point in time, based on the contract and the situation, that you're probably going to keep OBJ as well, uh, then why wouldn't you bring in something to try to fill out this offense and give yourself a shot? Because potentially once OBJ's contract comes up, and it could be at the same time there could be a retirement for Eli Manning, you're starting over from scratch, and you might as well throw your chips on the table. Yeah, but you don't want to start over from scratch with the running back behind no offensive line, which has been their problem for years. So you're if you're the Giants, I think you're very stupid, and I will say this openly. Like, I think you're very stupid to not either take a QB or trade back because you're not extracting the most value. The positions that they have the biggest weaknesses in this draft are players that are considered premium talents at positions that aren't considered highly by the NFL in terms of value. So they're, they've got holes in offensive guard. They've got some in tackle as well, but they shored a little bit of that up uh, with the signing of Solder from New England. But they've got you know holes at guard, holes at running back. You can fill those positions later. So if you're trading back, great. You could maybe take Quentin Nelson at you know five, six, whatever it may be. Or you could draft another one of these linemen. Maybe you're getting two picks from Buffalo. Maybe you could fill out the offensive line with two picks from Buffalo and then draft a guy like Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle in, in the second round and you know, be a better football team. Because you know, a running back always seems like the cherry on top of your Sunday. He's not going to you know, cha- be the game changer for you, especially a guy like this who played behind you know, a ragtag offensive line at Penn State and sometimes, you know, struggled to make positive runs. And he's a guy like LaShawn McCoy who might lead the league in negative rush yardage. But he's also going to have the explosive plays to where he can get outside around the corner and and make things happen on his own. But that's something you're going to have to live with if you're, you know, drafting Saquon Barkley high. But... You know, quarterback or trade down when you're in a spot like the Giants seems like the most responsible thing to do. Gettleman's a guy who's never traded back in his career in the first round. So he maybe he's not responsible. Well, or, you know, it could be one of these things too. 
you know, you play every scenario here because it's it's like the stupid movie draft day. Anyone can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, maybe it's you're playing up Saquon Barkley because you want to get somebody who wants to be more aggressive and to trade up. And maybe they're sitting there at number two and they're not feeling anybody really calling them to trade up where they feel like, you know, the people who are, are, are seeming, seeming to be getting the better trade-up values are, you know, you know, maybe Cleveland at the number four pick or maybe, you know, with Denver or with, uh, you know, with the Jets. So, I, I don't know. you gotta play, you got to play every angle. But at the same time, I, I agree with you from their standpoint. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think that, that's a totally different subject because yeah. <laughs> you know what they're doing. Um, but if, you, if you're trying to pick for Barkley and he's already expressed his disinterest in going to Cleveland, uh, so does that – So does that – So, right, well, you know – why wouldn't you want to be the number one overall draft pick if you can be? I mean, you talk about money. That's one of those but things. I think that it was would have that. It was number four. They were thinking. Like, well, exactly. So, and the other thing is that, and if you know the history of Browns and their running backs, why would you want to be drafted by Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at it on paper, and if you're just taking names out of it, you're taking the Browns, and you're taking the Giants out of it. Are you going to take a team that has a lot invested in their offensive line? Uh, you know, who has a potentially young quarterback who has a potentially dynamic quarterback right now and Tyrod Taylor who can you know protect you by you know keeping that defensive end backside you know honest that, that's a better situation than the Giants are what about right Denver now. and what about I like Denver, I like, I like Denver who just got rid of CJ Anderson still yeah. I mean yeah that sounds like a great fit but what is the, what do they have at the quarterback position case Keenum they're, they're are not, so they have a little pet they have a uh, uh, actually, I don't have his digits. Uh, so, but I don't the, give him out to dudes. That's why. <laughs> the other aspect of drafting, you know, Saquon Barkley among the top two or top five, let's call it top seven picks, which might be his floor, Tampa Bay at seven. Yeah. Is he is immediately going to be one of the most high-paid running backs? He's going to be a top-five player at his position. So from day one, you are forking over free agent fucking money and the number two overall pick to have this guy on your team. So the opportunity cost is also a major factor in consideration. Where you can see value. Uh, from early picks is places like the quarterback position where they can provide surplus value on their contract compared to their peers. You will never do that with a top five to seven running back pick. They just don't have the longevity. I mean, even on on a good, if you got a good five, six years out of a guy, you did amazing. Quentin Nelson should be the pick because of the reasons that Stags kind of mentioned. They need some offensive line. And this guy's a, he's a can't bust Pick is everyone says there's just no way this guy bust barring injury of course. Well, we've seen these camp bust picks bust before. I mean, Chance Warmack uh, out of Alabama, the last what guard drafted in the top five to ten. Uh, maybe there was one after him, but you know he's one of the most highly drafted guards in the last five years. Busted. Mm-hmm. You know he's on his what fourth team in five six years. So he was a can't-miss run blocker, uh, but didn't play a premium position. They didn't think he could move out to tackle. He wasn't athletic enough. And that's sort of the same situation you are in Nelson. Even you know a can't-miss prospect like Nelson, like Barkley, these guys still tend to fail from time to time. It happens. 
Oh, it happens. Look, it probably happens about 40% of the time. I mean, it's like, how great are these guys? Sometimes, you know, they become, you're, you're a serviceable guy, right? But are you actually a superstar? Are you that amazing player? No, it, it's, it's, there's no guarantees. And, you know, where the superstars come from is all over the place. You know, it's so... You know where they really come from? Battle of the Network Superstars. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, you, it's, you want not the Battle of the that Network was, yeah, Superstars. Which one the, superstars? The, the Battle of the, the Superstars. The Battle so just, of the Superstars, yeah. yeah. Okay, I got them. I merged the them. Network, I did the hybrid That's there. the Network it Stars. It was an and a Sativa. I mean, maybe you want Mr. T on your side in the tug of war, but... Uh, I want... Know. Cheryl Ladd. Didn't they bring that back? Actually? Yeah, they tried. It, it was it was terrible. Like the stars were no one. They no one knows who they are anymore. You need to have five hot bras in the prime time, and then you have a bunch of jamokes. And make what? sure. And then you throw up. Make sure the Bruce Jenner or Kylie Jenner or whatever. The next time they do it, it should the be a battle royale. So it should be like battle of, of like the top twenty like cable shows. So from like Stag's all like, over the place. Stag's like, hey guys, my battery's running low. <laughs> He's on standby right now. Let me hit you with them stats before this shit dies, man. <laughs> go for it. Go it for is. It. Drop them on our dome. So, you know, talking about Saquon Barkley, he is one of the best running back prospects of the last decade. Is he better than Ezekiel Elliott? Was Ezekiel Elliott even the right pick when the Cowboys drafted him? No. Uh, you could have had Jalen Ramsey and gone a different way later in the draft. Um and you'd be in just a good position, if not better. But, you know, that's hindsight analysis, even though we were saying it at the time. Like, come on, guys. These guys have to be... What are they... Even if you're Ezekiel Elliott, are you worth it? Those are the guys you could have drafted. What? But what is it also... It's, it's, it's a play to who? It's a play to your fans. Yeah. And the fans get excited about a... Uh, a skilled product. position player, yeah. highly drafted. That player then becomes the guy that the franchise says, "We this guy has to sell our tickets." You know, he knows that. Yeah, I'm I know. Of course, I'm not saying he doesn't yeah. know that. But but he, he's taking it always. He doesn't give a shit about that. You're a football guy, and I, I respect and love it. I I I know the reason. If the Giants take him or the Browns take him, it's 100. percent That day, jersey sales, that ticket jersey sales, sales and yep. ticket sales that day go up uh, hugely. Hey, yeah, I guess we just got uh, Quentin Nelson. Uh, put, put in, uh, bring in all the people for the calls for the next day. Like, and well, the one thing the Giants, the Giants do have something going for them. They're not the worst thing going in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they always have the Jets there to kind of they, they, be like, well, I could be a Jets fan. Did, yeah. did you guys see the uh, the Greek Freak piece they did on 60 Minutes? It was probably three weeks ago. It was awesome. It was actually after the Stormy Daniels interview. Um, but she was the Greek Freak. I'm not going to botch his name, but the, the dude that uh, plays it for Giannis Antetokounm. Okay, that was guys, not good. He was awesome though. Such a great oh, piece. Damn. <laughs> Check this out. I'm sure you can watch it on YouTube or something. But great, great piece. But that guy um, was uh, to talk about him is how they're building a new stadium up in Milwaukee, and they, that guy was drafted like 17th overall. Everyone's like, who is this fucking guy? And he's like, now nah, the best part. One of the best players in the league and huge ceiling for the next ten or so years. But they had the interview with the Martin, the sales guy in the background. All the the call room was going. The, the phone was just ringing and ringing. It's like she's asked, she's like, so what goes on with the, with the phone call? She's like, 
we are getting we are selling a lot of tickets with this guy <laughs> and it's just like that's the reason you gotta it's a it's an entertainment sport when you get a big name Saquon's on the cover of SI right now he's bigger than life and that's kind of what was happening with Elliot a couple years you know Jerry's just like this fucking guy's gonna fill this huge stadium so much. Uh, Ramsey probably the better football pick, but it would have been a different story. Anyway. Yeah, there there is that dynamic, but <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> my thing is, if you're the GM, you're not supposed to have this bullshit ass oversight that says you gotta sell some fucking tickets, man. That's not your fucking job. Yeah. Like this is this guy's fucking job. Don't talk to me about this fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> Don't mix that shit in my pot. I don't want any of it. And, you know, as as a football guy, you're like, um, guys, we could we could do better here. And you know, organizational goals and organizational goal alignment is so you know perfect. Does Saquon Barkley get you any closer to being a champion? Holding this Lombardi Trophy, you know that cute cuddly moments that you want, you know your parade in your town. Does he bring you any closer to that as a Giants person? Because Eli's fucking washed. He's done. It's over. But I agree with I agree with that with the second pick for the Giants. I like it for that uh, similar reasons for the Browns. Because the Browns, if they take, obviously, you know, say they take Sam Darnold, number one, or they're taking a quarterback, number one, and you get this guy, and you have that young class from last year, including the number one overall pick and three first-rounders, um, you got these great wide receivers, um, you got, already got, as you said, a number of times over the last five shows, or even with Joe Thomas retiring, they still have a good offensive line. Like, this is almost like, it's playing a seed. It's almost like LT, whatever, like the year before they got Rivers, you know, and maybe it was a few more years than that, but like... One year. It, it, one year, it, one year. This, it's growing together. So I think for them, I agree with you on the Giants, because in three years or whatever, when Eli's gone, it's like... It's kind of starting over, and is is are they going to sign? Um, See, but the other thing is, I that like the, the the whole thing with the Browns is like it, the seed is blooming this year, and if they're all young together, it's a good journey for the next ten years. Unless they draft Josh Allen and Saquon Barkley, and then just piss all over everything that makes sense. Yeah, and they probably might. From what, and from and, and from the Giants' standpoint, if Gettleman feels that his job is on the line, then he may draft Barkley because he needs a guy that gets. 1,300 yards to save his job. Great. That guy's got brand new job yeah, security. Yeah, brand new job. He does have... Yeah, I like you, never have brand, you never have real job security well, in the NFL. He literally got hired two months ago, three months ago. So yeah, that's he got like a three-year with that old-ass quarterback. So here's, you want to invest in him. Here's a good, good line from Mike Mayock uh, about uh, Saquon Barkley. He goes, um, yeah, I'm David Gettleman, excuse me. Uh, if he stays at two, as much as he loves his hog molies... I still think Barkley will be the guy. Hog Molies. Hog Molies. Hog Molies. What is that? Like a, <laughs> that's like that's like, is that hog, like a, oh, go, back, go back oh. to like the Washington Redskins. They had the Hog Molies. They had the hogs. Alright. I'm thinking about drugs. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not thinking about giving a thinking about giving a fat yeah. girl a Molly. Yeah. <laughs> I've done more Molly in the last three years than I had in the previous five. This is not the way you're supposed to the direction you're supposed to be heading. I think I think at some point too we should move on to talking to about another player. Nah, I like the extrapolation of Molly. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be, you'll oh, be no, we'll stay on that. I'll stay on Molly for a while. You'll though. be surprised how quick... Barkley is like... There's the, the, Barkley's all the, the names, time. Yeah, quickly the, the names aren't, aren't nearly as exciting. Um, yeah, you go down to Darius Christ, 
who before the season and before suffering through a couple injuries this year, much like Leonard Fournette, was considered in the same fucking breath of save Colin Barkley. Uh, and you know what he did at the Combine? You know, showed up. Like, this guy didn't disappoint in that area. He didn't disappoint, you know, this season when on the field. Uh, he played in another one of these craptastic offenses that, you know, really don't belong in college football. Uh, it's getting better. It's not where it needs to be. But, you know, this is a guy who's dynamic, who can take things to the house. So if you're a team in the back half of the first round and, and have a hole at running back, you know, you're the Detroit Lions and, you know, you sign LeGarrette Blunt or... Tampa Bay, Bucks. Yeah, you know, they're at seven. I, I doubt they're going. But they have another pick at, at the end. No? Really? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe I'm sorry. Double check me. Um, but, you know, there is plenty of teams like the Redskins who, you know, signed Alex Smith, you know, traded for him. Now, you're right. is he a piece that they need to add? You know, Samaj P. Ryan didn't shine. Uh, you know, people have questions about Darius Geis' hands because the offense didn't ask him to do it. But that isn't the end of all In three all. seasons, 32 receptions. But he also is a punt. He's a kick returner. So yeah. he obviously can fucking catch. I love that you, you guys, someone, either you or someone, I think it was you or, uh, or maybe Wheeler, turned me on on Twitter to checking out his his he, kick uh, returns. He didn't yeah. return Lethal. any. He didn't return any in 2017. So oh, only his first that, two seasons. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, he was behind Leonard Fournette. That uh, didn't true. need to carry the load. But I'm, I, no, 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 I'm, talking, about kick, I'm talking about kick returns. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, 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 yeah you can do kick returns. Yeah, you can catch the fucking ball. You're an athlete. Yeah. You're an athlete. I, that's like the that's in all honesty the guy with the best fucking hands. You've seen Belichick so, do it before. A fumble. He's like, get out there, Edelman. You, you've got the best fucking hands. True, but that's a different oh, skill set. You know, it, it, you may be better. And I don't know. You know, it, I mean, it is a different skill set. But because you're not catching the line drive yeah, coming at you. And, but you. there is. So much to like about Darius Geis. And in any other you know, draft class, he'd be the guy being talked around in the 10, you know, 15 slot, much like Todd Gurley, much like Melvin Gordon in their draft class. He'd be that tier of player. And he may still end he, up yeah, going much first, higher than we think. I think he will. But it, it could be in first the teens, or it could be the 20s, or it could be, you know, maybe a team moving into the back half of the first to draft them from that early second round slot. Because there are teams like the Patriots who love to move out. Seattle might be a team looking to move out. Uh, you know, Philadelphia could be a team looking to move out. You know, just get get that lower salary structure for the you know first couple seasons. But you might have not have as much long term security. But this is a guy, you know, very dynamic. We talked about his kick returns. Uh, he's a guy great with the ball in his hands, great in space, great inside the tackles runner. There, there's really not many warts with him. People just worry about his pass-catching ability. And it could be because the offense didn't ask him to do it much. It doesn't mean that he can't do it. And you can't watch one video of him catching a, a, a post route in shorts. That's going to change your mind either. But, uh, you know, with all college football prospects... You know, targeting the running back position isn't as popular or as fruitful as it is in the NFL. So it's something you have to take with a little bit of grain of salt because some guys can develop this repertoire in the NFL. 
And, you know, Geis is a locked-in first-round prospect, and, and there's plenty of teams that fit his skill set. Here's the other thing. Let's say that he doesn't end up being a very good or dynamic receiver. Well, he still has a role because everything in this in offense these days with the NFL for running backs is fragmented. You're going to either be the power back or you're going to be that, that other back. And you know what? Wouldn't you rather have in fantasy the power back, the guy that scores the touchdowns? Well, that's one thing that Geist does. Yes, I am, no. <laughs> 26 touchdowns in his last two seasons in college, you know. So, Well, I, here's the thing. I saw there's a great video. Check it out. It's on um, that website called The Post Game. Kind of a cool website. They do good. Uh, they got some good content on there. Um, but it's a good video called The Bottom. And it just talks about how he, you know, where he grew up. Um, in in, in um, Louisiana, and when he was five, his dad got shot at a Denny's, and they're talking about he got brought. It's the old adage story of uh, you know a guy getting brought into a, a white uh, household and going to a Catholic school and a good um, program and not living at home and all that stuff and it totally broke. And it's a great friggin' video. To be honest, I kind of cried a little bit in it's about six minutes, but just uh, couldn't be rooting for a guy more than this guy. And just like um, I don't know, hopefully he gets drafted in the first round and gets some money and gives it back to his uh, his family because he came from nowhere. Uh, so I love that video. Check that out. To me, just watching some of the tape um, that I've been in the videos and highlight reels and whatnot of of him, um, he does look like Ladainian Tomlinson. He kind of and I know he wear number five, so that whenever that happens and the guys wear big pads and they kind of have the same build, I'm always like, that's LT! Because um, he wore five in college as well, but he does kind of look like him to me. He's, he's fast as hell, um, strong enough, obviously not scared to put on the hit. That guy's that guy's put more people with ludicrous, vicious hits on defenders than any running back uh, in this class, for sure. And any we've seen in a while that, that isn't enormous. Darius can lay some punishment. He's a guy, if I'm a team like Detroit, who hasn't had an identity in the run game in a long time. You know, I think that's a way to go. If you're a team who, you know, didn't spend an early first round pick on a guy like that, you want to trade back into the first round, it, this guy's a first rounder. So I've got no problems with it. I think he'll develop enough as a pass catcher. And at worst, he's probably Jordan Howard as a runner. And yeah. that we've seen how that's turned out, uh, you know, for fantasy stats the first couple of years. So this is a guy I'll be excited. 102 uh, in my dynasty drafts if we're going snake format, and I'll spend some cash on him behind Barkley if uh, you know I don't have enough to get him. It's going to be one of those things where, as I far like as it. in fantasy values for where they're they're going to go, you probably get a lot more value out of guys. But where you're going to get him, then where you're going to pay for Barkley. He's already a third or fourth round pick in NFL tens. Oh, yeah. So people are expecting I, great things from him. I took uh, him in the fourth. I'm, yeah. well, I'm, I'm getting ready for all of my uh, yeah. rookie drafts that are coming up. And look, running backs go quickly because people are looking for guys that they can plug and play immediately in these leagues. I would take him or Barkley over any of these quarterbacks just to get that advantage to maybe, I don't know how your league is, but are, are those quarterbacks well, you can go first? You can start two quarterbacks. So what happens yeah. is now uh, you, you, you need to find your quarterbacks. So if you're a team in a league, it's 16 teams too. So uh, if you don't have a quarterback, you have got to invest in the quarterback. I mean, I was out of them and I had to invest two years in a row when I went with Winston and then with Carson Wentz. That's right. So... 
All right, I'm not drafting in my MFLs. So I should you yeah. maybe check. You maybe had to check. All right, well, while, while you're not drafting on your MFLs, oh, yeah. let's go ahead and keep our lights on. Go ahead, listen to this. Houdini, thanks for doing those little uh, little offshoot uh, here from our advertisers. Um, you got a valve air day or anything? You got a sound bite or something? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have one in a minute. Holla. Um, all right. Well, I, you got anything else you want to talk about geese? I still got to finish this beer. Guys. Guys. I don't think we can call them as multiple gooses. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> or is that, isn't that a gaggle? Well, that next one is going to be a gaggle, a gaggle of geese. A geese is a goose. Is a multiple of goose is geese and a bunch of them is a gaggle. Gaggle of okay, geese, then. a murder of crows, gets the gander. a murder um, of crows, a school of fish. <laughs> All right, we're going, Stag's running out of battery over there. Um, Dick Chubb is next. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Chubb, two years ago, essentially heading into, um, you know, whatever that season was for him, for Georgia. Uh, he, or maybe that's three years ago, actually. He was like the talk of the town. Uh, huge, huge recruit. Obviously, he's still going to be a, a high pick, so good for him. Made it back. Uh, but if he had, if the draft was three years ago, this guy is um, Barkley style. He was like Gurley. They, they actually, yeah. like. They thought he was better than Gurley. They thought he was better, better yeah. than Gurley. Um, so, but when he came back, the one thing that he just doesn't have, he doesn't have that, that, that top end speed at all. Um, you know, so that that's going to be something that that'll be a problem. Um, Can that come back though? Because he was it wasn't that his first year back playing last year. Well, he got injured. Uh, it was in, no, it was two years. Two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, I'm surprised the Georgia guys didn't know this, but basically Todd Gurley got injured and paved the way for Nick Chubb to come in, and they didn't skip a beat uh, in that Georgia offense. This guy had so much dynamicism his first year. You know, using dog words. So he averaged 7.1 yards per carry on 219 carries. Scored 14 touchdowns. And a lot of that was after Todd Gurley got injured after six games. That offense was dynamic with him. He could do a little bit of everything. You know, and then he got injured midway through his sophomore season. Came back for his junior senior year. Gained a little bit more of that explosiveness back last year. He went from five yards a carry to six yards a carry. You know, you saw him getting that explosion back. Uh, in you know, he had a running mate in Sony Michelle, who was very involved. But you know, this is a guy who started out as sort of that change of pace back. He was able to catch passes out of the backfield, be dynamic. Now they've scaled back his receiving uh, work because Sony Michelle was so good in that area. Uh, but that's also a backfield that didn't throw a lot to their running backs. Yeah, I'll just say this. You look at his stats, though, and he's had the speed back, this, that, the other thing. You, he had one good game against a good opponent. That was uh, against Oklahoma. Uh, he rushed uh, 14 times for 145 yards and two touchdowns. Otherwise, he had, had a 100... college football playoff game that apparently matters for a little bit. Yeah, okay. And against Auburn before that, he had 13 carries for 77 yards. And then the loss... Oh, that's awful. And then the loss to Alabama, he had 18 carries for 25 yards. And his other 100-yard <laughs> games... This is the voice You're trying to... Don't interrupt me and let me give you his stats. He had 151 yards against Kentucky. Kentucky's known to have a great defense. He had 100 yards against South Carolina, 102. 
He, he also we don't tore, need to hear everything. He tore up Vanderbilt. He tore up Tennessee, and he beat up on Samford. Other than that. Uh, Notre Dame held him to 63 yards on the ground. Uh, Mississippi State held him to 81 yards on the ground. Missouri held him to 70. Florida held him to 77. Auburn held him to 27. Georgia Tech held him to 53. I'm just saying, you know, college stats look great, but they play a lot of cupcakes. As a Georgia guy, Sony Michelle is the better is the better prospect that you want. I, oh, I will take some of this action. I agree with that. I will take some of this action. I like I like the look of uh, of, of Sony as well. well. We'll talk about this. We'll figure out a framework of how this better work. I'll take both of you on. I just don't know if any of you guys will ever pay up, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> Let's look at old old six old six year issues. I'll six six, six years. years ago. <laughs> six years. Yes. Sony Michelle, if we want to play the game, seven point nine yards per carry last year. <laughs> How many carries? He looked good. On uh, one hundred and fifty six. Ooh, nice. Uh, so Sony Michelle <laughs> and you know Nick. We're Chubb. done with Nick Chubb. Oh, no, no it, it's it's a chance to talk about both of them. There's a chance the to first have a Valor Day. Impressive. What's the boy's last name? I'll call information. Um, I don't remember. It's a Mexican name. Mexican? For Christ's sake, Dean, the guy's got blonde hair and blue eyes. Come on. I thought it was strange, too. A guy who looks like that had a Mexican last name, but I don't judge people. <laughs> Go ahead, Sony and, uh, and Chubb. So, Sony and Chubb, they're you know sort of very different players. You know, Chubb's a guy who can grind it out, get it in between the tackles, you know, run a power style system. If you're a team like Seattle and you want to get that edge back, you want to get that Marshawn Lynch style beast mode, Nick Chubb's going to be a great guy for you to target. Uh, if you want to play a spread, open attack, get get your guys out, move them in motion, move you know, your running back out as a receiver, Shoney Michelle's going to be... Shoney Michelle is going to be the guy, you know, for you. They each provide very different skill sets. And, you know, running in between the tackles is never going to be as effective as only being asked to run outside. We saw it with Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray last year as a perfect NFL example. You know, those are the tough yards that matter. And, you know, as a red zone runner, you know, Chubb's always been productive. So this is a guy... You know, who's big and he's fast and, you know, he had shown early in his career that he could be a pass catcher. So maybe that's something he can develop back because, you know, was Marshawn a great pass catcher? No, but he was catching 35 to 40 passes a year in the in the screen game, you know, letting a couple guys get out front of him and go. Chubb had nine catches in his last two seasons. Yeah. Well, one other thing I will say is that um, Michelle basically – Ran a slower forty time than Chubb. When and I, Chubb, what? Weighed more? No, uh, a little bit, very. But but um, Sony's tall, uh, an inch taller. They're pretty much the same. It, you know, two fourteen. Chubb's two twenty, and five ten is Chubb, and five eleven. Sony runs faster with pads on because he's got the one get hit, so he gets scared and he gets. I he thought, gets but I did think by watching Sony in the limited games that I have seen him live, most of them being over the last uh, two seasons, obviously. He did look on the field like he was more of that Tevin Coleman, that like change of pass, like you, the change of pace back. Um, Here, put it this way: you're who they're comparing him to, and you, you know you have on that team the ultimate example of the hammer, but also Jared a hammer. Who, no, no, 
Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara, and they're and they're comparing Michelle to Kamara, you know, which we'll we'll hold our horses a little bit there, you know. I mean, yeah. And, but Kamara was not, speed, but Kamara was one of those guys that was kind Kamara of wasn't the, fast either, right? Really? It, oh. it's, so it's one of those things. Are you game fast or are you whatever? Yeah. I, all I can okay. tell you is when you watch the tape on Michelle, he looks fast. There's I a agree. reason why they called him the, the joystick, not just because his name was Sony. When I was there, I saw him uh, his freshman year. I said, call that guy. Who is that? PS3 Sony? Who is that guy? That was, uh, well, they call a lot of guys the, the joystick. The oh, PS4. No, they call <laughs> Saquon Barkley the human cheat code. No, there you go. Different, different video game reference. Um, Saw Jumanji the other night. What a piece of crap that was. Really? Was uh, it bad? I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was I didn't Just I, for being a boring fucking movie or chilling. I, I haven't seen time for that. I saw the original and I'm like and I'm like when I saw how they were doing it with the video game, I'm like, okay, things look more interesting. It wasn't good. I mean so I just don't think and I'm sorry, Stegs. I just don't think Kevin Hart's funny, I'm sorry. I just do not. That guy does not make me laugh. And if he's, if he's, hey, everybody has those people. Yeah, he. Like, just, I mean, I'm literally like, he had one good thing that was like so unfunny. So, so, yeah, so you haven't liked like probably about 35 of the movies that have come out in the last three years because pretty it's much. been in like every movie. He, I, he's there's no good comedy movies coming out yeah. anymore. Like yeah, it doesn't seem like that's Super Troopers uh, Two is out today. Today, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'll but, check that out. That that's like a sort of cult classic type film. It's not a mainstream comedy movie. They're not. They're not, they're not they pushing like those. they used to. I yeah. sound like a grandpa. And actually, it, this one is mainstream in the sense that because everyone saw yeah. the other one, it is a cult classic. Now it's these now guys will are it be the good, best, though. Will it be good? the best, like Beer Fest and all of those. But that one was right? more under the ground too. Like I've never saw any. Those are good comedies. I'm laughing during. I'm actually on, on network television are. seeing uh, advertising for Storm for Super Troopers too. That yeah. normally doesn't happen. Yeah, that's the point. So Nick Chubb ran a four five two at two hundred and twenty seven pounds for a speed score of one oh eight point seven, and Sony Michelle ran four five four at two hundred and fourteen pounds for a speed score of one hundred. Uh, percentile ranks Nick Chubb since 2000 is a 84% athlete in speed score. Sony Michelle's 59%. They're like Nick Chubb is a spark athlete freak. This guy broke the fucking scale in high school. I like Nick Chubb. I'm just saying. I, I Wait, but, well, hold on. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Like he was a hundred percentile athlete, gotcha. he, top, he set top, the standard top, gotcha. because this is a guy who's running a four four, you know, mid four fours at like two hundred and twenty pounds as a fucking eighteen year old. Well, and the other thing is, look, he is he is going to be he, he he's now fully two years removed from the injury, right? So he could theoretically still be getting stronger. You know, but the one problem that you have with his game is that he does not catch the football or was never asked to do so. And I just, you, you're not necessarily, you're not going to see that skill set come in. Um, he did catch 18 passes his freshman year. Yeah, then yeah. they moved to, you know, Sony Michelle uh, because, you know, he's a great pass blocker as well, which matters a lot in the receiving game. So I think, I think you can I'm, I you can know, get by with get both of these guys. Both of these guys. Here's what I'll tell you. Both these guys are going to be if you're if you're in like rookie drafts, you're sitting, you're going. Uh, do I want to take one of these guys as a, as a running back to the top? Yes, I like both of these guys. But as Stag said, I think it really comes down to for both of them. It's fit. Are you going to get the right fit? Like if if I yes. I 
If Chubb is on uh, Seattle, I think that's the best fit. If he's on Detroit, I worry a little bit just because they never have been a team that truly commits to the run. And right? runs a power style yeah. scheme that you want for a guy like right. that. Right. Like I, I do think Sony Michelle is a more scheme dynamic player and can play in a lot of different roles and a lot of different schemes. Like he's going to fit modern offenses better. But if you want that identity maker. Nick Chubb's a guy who can bring that. This is why I welcome. This is why I welcome. That's a great point. But this is also why I welcome the 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 bet for us is that I think that Michelle becomes more of a guy that you can mismatch all over the field, and that becomes more of a weapon for an offensive coordinator. Yeah, and but if Chubb gets goes to the right spot, then it's all about like like you said. Like you know, you I, it might not have been Mexican. Could have been a Filipino name. I think it's Lopez uh, or Sanchez uh, or Gutierrez. Let's double this up with another Valverde. That was awesome. You need to take some Xanax. <laughs> Look who's talking. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I've been pretty quiet today. <laughs> One little no, you, you have been good. You've been good. Uh, um. So I think that wraps it up on them. We talk about, uh, you know, is there a team you like most for a guy like Sony? I mean, you know, the one, there's, an, there's a spot where I've, I've read a little bit that. There's two guys that maybe are liking um, the replacement of Jarek McKinnon, and that's uh, obviously the Vikings. Oh. So the Vikings for him, and then there's another guy I, later. I think that's too rich for them. I don't think they're going to dip into Sony Michelle it, when he's probably an early second rounder, and maybe if it's the Vikings. Because, because the they got Dalvin? Because they got Dalvin, because they still got Latavius like on a deal. With Dalvin, they would have the depth. Well, but, but there's another guy later that I'm going to bring up that everyone seems to be thinking that, uh, in, in, in a few guys, that everyone seems to think is the good Jarek McKinnon replacement. So, Who's another guy? But, I'm trying to think of a yeah, Watching him, it felt like that. He felt like that. Um, yeah. My problem is. Well, Washington's got that guy already. Chris, Chris Thompson. Thompson. Like, my problem is finding a perfect fit for a satellite back plus right now. Especially a guy like Sony Michelle who's gonna have some premium draft status attached to him. Like I but guess Green Bay. No, they drafted they three so last many. year. I know, I know, but they're not no way they're drafted. They drafted right. three because they're not sold on any of them. <laughs> but they're no, sold on Aaron yeah, Jones. Aaron, Aaron Jones and I think that they're Ty pretty Montgomery. happy with, with Williams too. Yeah. He fucking did good last year. That guy. Yeah. Can't those, those guys, they're gonna work that out. But you know, a team that doesn't draft one at the beginning of the first mm-hmm. is gonna be the best fit. Like Tampa Bay, if he ends up there. You know, he's in line for big carries. You look at vacated carries last year. The team with the most is technically Arizona, but they've got David Johnson coming in. Then could he get with Denver? He could fit with Denver because he can run his own style scheme and be the pass catcher that CJ never was. Mm-hmm. So that could be a fit. You know, another team like Indianapolis, we haven't discussed much for running backs. They have a big need with Frank Gore leaving, but maybe maybe they want a guy like Chubb. Yeah, they want a guy like Chubb because they have the guy in Marlon Mack who already is who could be that that, guy. that yeah. bigger explosion player. Uh, but they definitely need. I mean, a, Sony. They need a ground grader. You know, San Francisco. You know, really not a fit with Jarek. I would say yeah. the Giants. You know, if they don't go, they don't Saquon, go right. But I I, I always thought Goldman was underrated. So if you think he's just a jag, then we're talking different games. No, but I think, I I think, I think, but here's what I think. 
they like Goldman, but at the same time, you don't want to have to put all the pressure on a guy like Goldman. You want to be able to have somebody else there to help take that's pressure off. That's why I think a guy like Chubb. That's why, no, that's why, and, and, and he I think, satellite third down exactly, back. Exactly, Goldman is more of a do-everything type of a, of a back. Uh, he he outdid. I mean, I got. He was a top five rookie running back last year when he fight, and he didn't get any opportunities first half of the season. But down the stretch, he was solid, dude. Probably, and I realized in my, my sixteen team league, this is Brad Little. We just mentioned all three of them. I have uh, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and uh, Wayne Goldman that I drafted from last year. Yeah, nice. Um, you're, you're doing I mean, good with Aaron and potentially yeah. Wayne. We'll see what happens. Cleveland. Could he be the slasher that Duke Johnson's never really been able to be? Could he be a little more of a runner than Duke Johnson? Uh, that's a question. Then there's guys like Tampa Bay, maybe Philly is a compliment to JHI, but maybe they like uh, the kid from Wisconsin in that role, Corey Clement. Uh, How about like worst place to go? He ends up going to like Kansas City. You're like everybody's an ultra back there. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, do they even have anyone other than just Hunt? Well, Spencer Ware. He's still there? He caught a good number of passes. But if Michelle Michelle went to that team, it sucks because Tyreek Hill does all the things that you would want Michelle to be doing in that offense. Yeah. And, you know, a team that might might also suck is, like, New England. Like, think about how it'd be tough for him to get ahead of Rex, ahead of James White. But I don't think that's an option for them right now. But could he join a team like the Jets? As well, like in the lost, second, just lost Forte and lost Forte. Powell's been underwhelming. He's not great. He like if Bull Powell's the third back on your team, you're doing things right. That's maybe a team that could be decent for both Michelle or Chubb. Yeah. Should uh, we go to the next uh, sure. guy? Yeah. Let's talk about the next group. Yeah. Stag's next guy is uh, Rashad Penny. Um, you know, everyone's got their different guys, so. Um, we'll talk about we'll talk about him and uh, is he penny wise and pound foolish? Well, I actually, <laughs> for clarification, I have Barkley, Geis, Chubb, Penny, Michelle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm a little lower on Sony than yeah, gotcha, a lot gotcha, of people, gotcha. but it's just because I think his overall touch upside is a little more limited. I think he's more satellite back plus. Well, I feel these other guys could be workhorse type backs. So Rashad Penny's a guy who has Thick. huge fucking numbers. Thick. And he he's big and fast. You know, he ran a gigantic 40 time for his size. Uh, you know, this guy posted the third highest speed score of the class at 111, but it's the 88th percentile since 2000. And he's 5'11", at least off of his college, he was 220. He's probably one of them. 220 even. 220 even. There at the go. combine. 4'4", 220. He, impressive, you know what he what do you rush for over two thousand yards? I mean, you're, I mean, you're yeah. numbers. He ran two hundred eighty nine times for two thousand two hundred forty eight yards, uh, and had uh, twenty three touchdowns. Had nineteen receptions for just one hundred and thirty five yards and two touchdowns. So uh, he was on a three hundred and eight plays and had two thousand three hundred eighty three yards from scrimmage, an average of seven point seven yards per play. Or uh, with uh, 25 touchdowns. Yeah. He, he's a pass catcher. San Diego State. San Diego State. He's a pass catcher. He can good, catch passes. That's pass a part of his right? game. But he's a fucking awful pass protector. So if you're asking him to do that, you're going to get your quarterback murdered. Uh, but you look at you know schemes this guy could fit in. If you want to slot him into Denver right now and think not much changes from C.J. Anderson... I'd agree with you. He might be, you know, equal 
to his numbers off the bat, and they can still see what they have in Devontae Booker, and you're not spending that draft capital. I, I like that fit for him. The current NFL um, running game landscape fits this guy well on landing spots. Uh, yes and no. He works well within the current structure of, of running games, I think. I, I have some worries because he ran from a ton of two-back sets in San Diego State. He seemed to always have a guy in front of him. They were a run-first uh, run offense with the fullback, you know, with an H-back, and you're not going to have that as much in the NFL. Can you create out of single-back sets? Can you create out of shotgun sets? And those things are very important, and I don't know how he does those things. At the Senior Bowl... He broke a big one out of out of. He's got patience, uh, you know all those things you like when you're that big. He's got patience and will stick his head into a hole when needed. Uh, but this is a guy, you know, at the Senior Bowl who showed a little bit of it. I'm just not completely sold that he's gonna be able to do it all the time. I, I like the, the the point you make about patience, you know, because if you're a guy who is needing to have that other back or somebody in front of you or a pulling guard or whatever, you're waiting for things to develop and you're waiting till you see that hole. So in some ways that could work to his benefit that he's not uh, like, you know, some of these guys who just ran through gaping holes in college and were always just able to run through the A-gap, 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 A-gap all the day long and never had to make a cutback in their life. Right uh, when you get a guy who's sitting there waiting for a play to develop, he's actually actually playing off of what's going on in front of him. So you know maybe a la Le'Veon Bell, that makes him if he is in a single back set, maybe it makes him a more patient runner because he's waiting for something to develop first. Or it could give be happy feet. But yeah. you got to figure with the guy who carried the ball as much as he did, who broke as many big plays as he did. He basically had one horrendous game, and it was against, of course, the best competition that he faced, Boise State, held him to 53 yards on 21 carries in a loss. Um, but, but look, it's all about can you make plays, and this guy's shown the ability he can make plays. Yeah, if you look at his kick return game, I think he has eight career returns. You know, when you look at things that are predictive of NFL success, usually kick and punt return effectiveness are, are there for you. Oh, no, yeah, kick and punt, he had 81 kick returns. No, oh, you know touchdowns. Uh, he had seven return, uh, seven and two, uh, one punt. Yep, seven return and one punt. So he had eight career return yep. touchdowns. Yep. On how many, t- on 81? Yeah, so 10%. Oh, that's pretty fucking good. 10%. Crazy. I well, never realized the ten percent part. That's that's pretty, that's pretty insane. The one thing also with him and uh, by the way, give you the averages. Freshman year, twenty five yards of kick return up to thirty three point five, thirty one point two, thirty point six. Those are tremendous. Numbers. And I like San Diego State for running backs. They've produced some good ones. Uh, the last one they put out though, the guy who liked Don, yeah, Donnell yeah, Pumphrey. Yeah, yeah. What is he showing at the NFL level? Nothing. But he's that, puny. He was small. Yes. He's the, he got pumped. He was. He's, <laughs> he was. He was like five eight and slight. Yes. That is an absolute problem. Penny does not like have Greek. Penny does not have that issue. Yeah. But there's got to be a question whether th- th- this team's just going to produce highly productive players in their offense. Right. And also the one thing that the, a lot of people have been saying, especially around that um, Senior Bowl, is he didn't learn what was going on. Felt a little slow. Wasn't a smart football player. So um, while I think with the systems he might be a match with a lot of teams, as I said. You shot it down for good reason. I like those counterpoints. Uh, but one thing with him is maybe they're saying, and this might be Pumphrey as well, 
He's just not a he's just not a smart uh, learn the offense type guy. So if you do get him, um, one Stags thinks the pass protection is going to be terrible, and he's not Both very well, good with the playbook. So two big might be a learning, might, there might be a learning curve with him. So don't think that you know he's all of a sudden going to be C.J. Anderson's replacement. So it takes him. So maybe this: pay attention to where he gets drafted. Do they draft another running back two or three rounds later? And what type of competition is currently on the roster? Because you know it's all about where guys fall. But if those are key points, not being able to block, yeah. <laughs> and and potentially not being able to learn a big playbook. And look, with all the different offenses that the teams are running now, it's not a thin playbook anymore. And also, I think landing in a spot where I think this doesn't really work with Denver, but landing in a spot that's like settled, it's got its offense, you know, going to Kansas City might not be a good example for the running back for the reasons you said, but like going to a team with a coach that's been around six years, offense, coordinators are, that's a bad example, Maggie just left and is our head coach. Yeah, but he only uh, called the coach. But read a little stability. Read his stability. Yeah, if you want to Kansas City, you know, have tutelage, learning the system, and like help, helping out. You know, there's certain teams where you go to, and if you're young and dumb, uh, you, you, and you your staff is also maybe your staff's a product. Not smart either. You're double fucked. Or do you maybe think it's always it's also and always a product that the guys that are the best coaches or, or evaluators just find a way to steer clear of these guys. <laughs> they just find a way. They let someone else always take that bite. And they maybe take a more conservative approach. That's always like a Bill Belichick type yeah. of a thing, and you know, even like a, a, a Pete Carroll type of a thing too. To be honest, well, you this know? guy's athletic skill, like four four six, I think it's pretty impressive for two point four. Anyway, let's move on. You got anything else to say on uh, on Little Penny? I mean, Penny's <laughs> a big penny. Like he's probably worth his weight in copper more than the actual penny. Um, so, just like the U.S. economy, it could work out well. You think he's worth his weight in pennies, so he's worth two dollars and twenty cents? No, you can give you can more pay, copper than in the penny. You can pay someone in a million <laughs> a pen, dollars. You can't pay to make a penny for less than a cent. It's true. And it's, the weight in copper is more. They don't even make it with copper anymore. But the weight in metal is more than like one cent. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, those things are gonna be gone at some point. And I've been, I've been stocking up on them dude, with that in mind. I, have all, you know, I, have, I got all the fucking pennies. Trust me, bro. I got a collection of wheat pennies. Oh, nice. Now those were made of copper. Wheat, wheat pecks? What pucks? No, maybe they weren't. Yeah, uh, Kiefer pucks? What are you no, talking the, about? The wheat penny. The wheat penny. The oh, Indian the, wheat penny. So there's some. Uh, the there's penny some, before Lincoln. Some hype beasts out there that are like, and who do you? You're gonna hit that light. I can already tell. You put um, back behind me. I know. <laughs> Gotta be shiny, um, right? Like a we're diamond. Silhouette, we're silhouetting you over there. Yeah. I appreciate it. I feel like I'm in a hair salon. And you're also you're also lit up from the guy playing Fortnite two stories up. Uh, is that what it is? I didn't even know what Fortnite was until three weeks ago. My nephew's like, it's all the rage. Everyone plays. Like, is it free? I'm like, how do they do it? It's free. He's like, yeah. He's like buy-ins and upgrades. Like every, I didn't even, I never heard of it. And now ever since now that you hear about it, it's like. Boom, boom, boom. I see a thing on Bleacher Report. It's like uh, Fortnite with that prom, and like they're playing on a video thing, and like thirty-five, like hundred people are like screaming, yelling, going crazy. Like it's a video game. People love this shit. I mean, at this point, the screen. So glad I grew up when I did. No cell phones, and we go play basketball, football, beat the fuck out of each other, smoke, and, and smoke in the alley. Play two-player games where video games yeah. where you had to be in the same room, yeah, not on different televisions playing against each other. NES or Sega Genesis. All right, stag party. Who do you want to go to? Um, we're gonna go to Jones. 
Yeah, Rashad. Uh, uh, Jones. Ronald. Ronald Jones. Rojo. Rojo. Rojo the three, the third. Yeah, Second. he's he's an interesting prospect because he has comps all the way up to Jamal Charles. Because, you know, this is a guy who's slight but has some long speed, didn't get to show his long speed off at the combine, pulled up lame with a hamstring injury, so reported a bad time. And then, you know, maybe 85% of the way back, ran it, you know, the pro day, ran a 4.48. But this is a guy they think can touch 4.3 speed. 4.48? Yeah. Okay. When all is right, they think he can run in the 4.3s. He's got, you know, dynamicism, and they played, he played behind a bad offensive line. Uh, you know, at USC, he's been a productive performer for a few years now. And this is a guy who, if you want to play out of a shotgun set, he's going to be able to do that. Um, you know, didn't have a lot of success as a receiver as they moved on to sort of Stephen Carr in that role, but has shown some numbers as a receiver before, has flashed in that area. So he's going to provide that all-around skill set that you look for, but because of his size and injury durability, you're going to have some concerns. Uh, you're going to have some concerns uh, about what he can do on the field, but when he gets the ball, the guy's dynamic, he, he can make things work, uh, and, and he can sort of make things happen for himself. But this is a guy who's probably going to need a, a better offensive line in front of him um, and, and is going to need a little bit of talent and probably a pretty good quarterback to play with. I don't think he's a guy who's going to be able to carry it on his own. Do you think we should, uh, before we go on with Rojo too, um, Three. Listen to this. Four. I think, I think we're going to have to. Yeah, we're going to do it right now. Do us fair. Let's keep the lights on. Listen to this. They're coming to get us. What's, <laughs> what do you got? This ad is now brought to you by fucking bail bonds. <laughs> exactly. Chico's Bail Bonds. <laughs> Sponsoring Little League baseball teams since 1977. Uh, Ronaldo Heisman's... Uh, Ambulance Chaser Law Firm. Ronaldo Heisman. First of all, I thought we were going Alonzo Heisman, or were you going Ronaldo Ronaldo Nehemiah? I didn't know which way you were going. What's going on? It was a a love child of Ronaldo Nehemiah and Alonzo Heisman. Fast, fast, handsome fella. Chasing ambulances. (laughs) (laughs) Rojo is. (laughs) Rojo is. Ronald Jones is a guy, when we talk about, you know, punt and kick return, who really didn't do it in college, but that is the area where Jamal Charles came on right away and excelled, and they realized they had to get the ball in his hands. I don't know if he could do it. It's something we got to find out. Uh, He's got very limited pass-catching ability uh, from his college days. But they, they sort of got a freshman this year, Stephen Carr, who's a stud uh, pass catcher, who in a couple of years we'll be talking about, I'm sure, because that's what we do on Friday nights drinking beer. But this is the thing that concerns me about Jones, is that I feel he's going to be a very specialized back. He's not going to be able to have as much of the versatility as some of these other guys in the class. So it's like, I think this is kind of what happens as you start moving down in this draft class. I don't think you have as much depth as maybe you've had in some others. Six feet tall. 
tall for a running back, uh, potentially 200 pounds, so slight. So not the six foot, 230 pounder who's going to be running inside, he's going to have to be running outside. And the fact that he, he was not a big pass catcher uh, in three seasons, had uh, 32 catches with only 14 uh, as a senior. So, um, you know, that's that's concerning. The, the, the touchdown scoring was good, but um, again, I'm... I, I think it's really going to be a matter of fit for him, and uh, we'll, we'll see. Don't they, and what I'm looking with Mac and some of this other talk, um, Ronald Jones is, it could be a slipper, you know, or he could fall, slide fall down. Yeah. 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 Uh, there is some of that, but there's also a lot of people in the scouting world that are higher on him than the analytics world. Yeah. So, you know, in Scout's eyes, this guy was one of the most dynamic. Uh, runners in college football last season, you know, did come from an offense that they feel translates well from a run game. Uh, so they like his. Is he a Reggie Bush type? And I'm obviously same team, same number, all those things. But um, it, 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 does not, he have that? Not as explosive and quick twitch. So is it more of like was it Allen Buck Allen? Did he play there? Was that yeah, Buck, Buck Allen. Allen. Yeah. Buck, Buck Allen is more no. Well, he was a he was a pass catcher, you know. Who could, yeah, he, he Buck Allen's like a fullback who can catch, and yeah. he's like two hundred and thirty pounds. He's probably like what's two steps down from Reggie Bush because that that's maybe where he is. Like I, I don't know how Sony Michelle and Ronald Jones are not closer, but CJ Spiller. CJ Spiller, man, had one great season. And then he was drafted been... high, yeah. but he definitely was two, two, maybe five steps lower than Reggie Bush, who actually, yeah. as much as he had a... Yeah. He, 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 he did went up to the second pick. He definitely won a, he won a Super Bowl in his first or second season, and actually, rookie of the year, he's, he, he lit it up. I, I like your... I, I think Spiller's a good poor man's Reggie Bush. I think yeah. that, that probably works. It worked for a while. You know what? Let's, 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 let's juxtapose this and talk about your next guy. Uh, and a guy. What is conjunct suppose? I, I think I, I think I said something else, and you heard uh, a word before I said. It's kind of like my Ronaldo. Let's, let's go I ahead and juxtapose. I don't know. It was an and juxtapose, or you have to go back to the tape and get to check it out. <laughs> um, Royce Freeman is next on your list. Now here's a guy that, again, is a is a contradiction from uh, uh, what was it, uh, Donald? In the fact, he's 5'11", 231, Right now. He's also a, a guy who had a lot of carries uh, over uh, 244 his last season. Did a consistent over 200 carries uh, three out of his four seasons. So he was getting produ- uh, lots of touches as a, as a freshman. Maybe that can scare you in some regards if the guy has a little bit of extra wear on him. A consistent pass catcher, anywhere from uh, uh, 14 to 26 catches uh, per season. Well, I like the stat that I saw about him is that he in college caught 80. Of 89 pass passes thrown to him in college. Oh, there you go. So, so 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, that's a nice that's a nice catch right there. And, well, and look, it, it, and had uh, over 1,300 rushing yards three out of his four years, uh, and uh, had 16, 18 touchdowns, 17, nine and 16, uh, a pure score. Go ahead. Yeah, Royce Freeman's a guy who I think's a little bit underrated. Uh, you know, he's not being talked about in the same ilk as some of these guys. They're talking about him in a much lower sort of, you know, maybe third or fourth round pick. But this is a guy with size, who's a pass catcher, who's a pass protector, who played in a spread scheme, who ran from shotgun, who ran from under center. So this is a guy who's sort of d- done it all. 
Um, as a prospect, uh, you know, there's nothing that's going to wow you off the page. He was, you know, pretty fast for his size, but there's nothing overall that you're just going to scream to the hills about. But could he be a guy who is a better pro player and who just fits and it works? Uh, and, and the transition's you know pretty easy for him to where he, if he lands up on the right spot, you know, could see 200 carries and and you know be a productive fantasy player for you right away. But the things that I like at least when I see, okay, you're playing in uh, at least a bigger conference. You're not maybe not the best, right? Playing out there in the in the Pac-12, you know, it's not necessarily, but it's not like the defense of the uh, of the uh, <laughs> the big uh, was it what, what Big Twelve, Big Twelve, yeah, the, the, the no defense league. So Big Twelve's and, good from a rushing defense standpoint, not from passing. But, FYI, but you also got to look. This is Oregon. This is a team that competed for national titles, right? This is a team that has been uh, a, a good recruiting team, and he came in not he, great the last. Five years. Though. Well, but he came in and he was been a study producer from being a freshman all the way through to his senior year. Uh, so for sure, you know, I, I like that, and, he, and he's basically been the same player. So you know, maybe he hasn't shown you that that he's going to be anything more. But wow, here's a consistent guy who gives you his best effort and gives you the same effort day in day out for four years. I don't. I don't think Stag mentioned this, but he's also a big. Uh, uh, miss tackle guy. Um, so with his size, he's got enough speed. Where a lot of I think he's fourth in the country last year, or maybe fourth in the country for running backs over the last few years. But he definitely has that element, which is something that translates pretty well to the NFL. Yeah, Rashad Penny was the leader in evaded tackles per okay. carry last year, but Royce Freeman's way up there. It's one of the better predictive stats because where else can you show a running back? Making a guy miss on his own, yeah. uh, and not depending on other players like offensive linemen. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be a, a good pro. I'm excited to see where he ends up because if he ends up in a good spot that has carries available, I think he is going to earn them right away. You know, also what I think um, with him, this guy is one of the really people that love him, or people think he's going to be the bust. It's it's pretty funny. Like people are, I think. It happens a lot. There's one guy that people are way in or way off, but uh, Royce Freeman definitely seems to be one of those guys. Um, good uh, comparison that I uh, saw somebody uh, mention on Twitter. It might have been Ryan, but uh, he mentioned that he thought that uh, Royce, if he could go late, you know, maybe a late second rounder or third rounder, could be uh, a Jordan Howard type guy. We're in the right situation. Right away, he can start producing. Well, um, I mean, if and, I, and that's like maybe it's like he. I feel like he's got a good beginning of his career in him. We'll I, see if that I translates. Think he can hit over. the ground running. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think he's a guy that you can probably plug and play early on in his career. That's why I like him better than a Ronald Jones. I think that Ronald Jones becomes more of a specialized type of a fit. So I, I kind of like that. So let's go to another guy that I think is definitely a specialized type of a fit. Uh, John Kelly out of Tennessee. Uh, so this is going to be, you know, he's smaller, but he's not so small, right? He's 5'9", but he's 205 pounds. So bigger than that combine. How, it was bigger than that? Much bigger. Much bigger. Okay. So, so here's a little guy. So, so here's what you think of when you, when, you, when you see guys like this, right? Natron means business. Uh, could he be the next Maurice Jones-Drew? Well, honestly, means was, was a bowling ball. How about this Bruce guy Jones looks, Drew. Bruce Jones Drew. This guy looks like. Uh, what was MJD? What was MJD? 
He's, this guy's not that that round. Let's, yeah, he's I, strong. I, this guy looks like a smaller version of like Greg Jones or like Garrison Hurst. John or, Kelly was 216 pounds at the combine and did not run, but posted some you know pretty good you know agility scores. And this is this is also a player who caught a ton of passes. So, if you're looking for a guy like Alvin Kamara, you can also look at John Kelly, who happened to uh, attend the same school. Uh, and, and that gives you a little bit of hope because, you know, they didn't really know how to use players at Tennessee, apparently. And well, it's, been know, a, it's been a rotunda. 5'8-205 was Maurice Jones true. So Really? Yes. Only 205? Yeah. Good God. But he doesn't. His body does not look this, this thick. This guy is strong and, and, and he, you know, he's this guy could be like upper, Mr. Universe. He's more of the upper and chiseled. lower body. Nate Shades is a different story. He's chiseled. Five ten, two forty five. Whoa! <laughs> this guy's chiseled though. He looks like he looks like uh, no, he looks like his, our guy Thomas Jones, but yeah. shorter. Yeah, he's a brick shit house. I mean, this guy's uh, definitely got a six pack and the, packs so he's a workout. He's a, he's, he's, a, yeah, he's a gym rat. Exactly. He didn't like destroy the combine for bench press or anything like that. You know, he just did what he had to do, and then decided. You know what the best thing for me is? I'm gonna have a fucking run the forty. Right. Fuck, fuck my combine. Fuck my pro day. Look at my look at my tape. Hopefully, the, I go to the right spot. He's he's a guy who's got a, a lot of athleticism. Can break tackles, but can also power through tackles. It's not all just agility. He's got a good you know, size-speed mix and just can make people miss whether through power, strength, or speed, and you know, just agility in the open field. And here's another thing, too. He's not a guy that they ask a lot of him, right? Going through his college career, he, he got his biggest opportunity as a junior. Now He's coming out as a junior. So think about this. You're coming out after your junior year where you could probably come back as a senior and put up better numbers, right, to, to have, to allow yourself to go in. He rushed 189 times for 778 yards. That's 4.1 yards per carry. He only had nine rushing touchdowns. Um, Would you he, want to go back to Tennessee? I, I understand, but listen, he had 37. He only had six receptions as a sophomore, but then they asked him to be more of a receiver. He was able to do that. I'm, I'm backing up the athlete part here. 37 receptions, 299 yards. Here's the other thing. It's a guy who's betting on himself, right? He's betting that he's going to be better at the next level than he is at this level. And he's probably betting on the fact that uh, that he doesn't want to go back to Tennessee because these are the guys that are hurting his potential stats. So <clears throat> this becomes, I like this, right? It's a chip on your shoulder guy. He's still going to be a guy that's going to fall in drafts. And with the slighter size that other guys may also in fantasy drafts kind of overlook. But here's a guy, I like guys that bet on themselves. But also remember that he, and I, I, wanted, I was going to ask if his profile was like, is this guy Kamara-esque? Kamara's a Tennessee guy. So th- this guy's opportunities over the last couple of years with Kamara there definitely take a hit where he got this season going this year. He, like his numbers compared to Kamara are not great from an efficiency standpoint. Like you could see the explosiveness uh, from Alvin Kamara. Like his per touch numbers were just so much better at Tennessee playing with, you know, the same players. Yeah. But this guy has a lot of things that you look for. And, you know, I care about breaking tackles when I look at running backs, and this is a guy who can do it. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is 
don't think that like Kamara was like a guy who got like a ton of carries as, as a as a running back while he was there. Ran 107 uh, times as a sophomore and 103 times as a junior before he came out. And, Can we and, talk about Kamara for a second? No, we're doing it enough. Come on, don't you think? No. You know, we're talking about him. Fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> is he? Is that guy getting overdrafted like crazy? Yes. Well, of course, dude. He is. A, he's like a, a late first. He's like a between five and pick nine, dude. Is if, listen up there. I don't. Care, I don't care if you're in basketball. I don't care what you're in. Do not. He's not a first rounder. There's no way that can be sustainable. No. It, just impossible. If you think he's a first rounder and 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 friggin' um, um, the other running back, excuse me, Ingram? Ingram is a third or fourth rounder. This is just go the as dog used to do. Zig. Or zig when they zag. That's my line. But or run when they walk. But go and do yeah, the opposite. Go and get the George Costanza. Guy. If you think yeah. Alvin Kamara should be a first rounder, I've got a nice car to sell you. <laughs> well, this is the thing too, you know, because everyone has those those warm fuzzy feelings about everything that they saw last year. It and was all, awesome. It was great. It you was amazing. Right, but but you picked him up, so he added to a team that you already had all that stock in. Unless you're a lucky person like me who is activating him off of a rookie reserve roster and I'm only going to have him at $7 next year on an auction league, that's fantastic. Otherwise, all of my other leagues, he will not be on my team yeah. because I, I can't pay for what he did. He might and be I, awesome. He might be awesome. He might have another awesome year. Not a first round. But here's the other difference. And this is the exact way that you need to look at it if you're looking at him and Ingram next year. And I'll love the value that I'll get with Ingram. Yeah. Because what well, happens if Ingram goes down, how much more points does Kamara get? And versus if Kamara goes down, I said both ways there. No, Kamara, Kamara. No, you're right. Uh, I agree. With you. Uh, Ingram goes up more because of the things that he can do as well as running in between the tackles and being a guy who can be more of a workhorse. And we just showed you with a guy who only had 210 carries in his two years in college. For sure. You're gonna trust that to be a guy who could be a workhorse. It, it's it's one of those things. Don't extrapolate it out because the more carries you give him, the worse it's gonna be. Yeah. And I never thought about that much until you and Dog would always be like, he does. This guy will do more with less. Um, you got anything else on John Keller? You want to move on? No, we can go to the next one. All right. Um, carry on. Uh, I like that. Carry on Johnson. Um, Auburn. Uh, what do you guys uh, think? Carry on. A lot of like scouts and scouting services are higher on carry on Johnson than I am. Uh, you know, you look at the things he does well. It looks like he's a grinder in between the tackles. Uh, he'll be able to do some things from a pass catcher standpoint. He's not going to be the best guy out there, but as a guy who's able to carry an offense in college uh, and you know has size of his own, we didn't really see his you know test scores either. So I'm not really worried about him being you know an otherworldly athlete. But I think he could. If he lands with a team that needs some carries, this is a guy I feel could step in and you know carry, carry the ball at least like 180 times to 220 times early in his career, and then grow from there. Carry, um, you can carry on your wayward son. Absolutely. Um, yeah, looks like uh, 18 touchdowns last year. Good, um, good pass protector. Uh, was able to uh, you know just be be the man and be be the, the cornerstone for a, a legit program. Um, 
I don't know. What round is this guy going? It's, it's, All I know is that it's like, it's like I, I see the Auburn, and I, I, like, I, I start thinking back to Auburn running backs, and I'm going, Ronnie Brown. And you look at Ronnie, at, you look at Ronnie Brown's college stats. His senior year, he had uh, 153 carries for 913 yards, eight touchdowns. 34 receptions, 313 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he was the second overall pick yeah. by the Dolphins. Hmm. Yeah. No, I remember that. Wildcat. Remember that Wildcat? Look at, check out this little video. Well, one, he had 50 missed force tackles. Um, oh, missed tackles for So that was fifth amongst this class. So that's a good thing for him. But check out this little ankle, double ankle breaker right there. So. It'll, it'll do it again. The first one's sick. At the line of scrimmage right here, left, boom. Now the, now it goes double boom. Pretty legit right there. That, that looks like Jared McKinnon. Um, and not just because of 21. <laughs> it always does help my, my, my perceived notion of the as standard. Carry, carry on a bigger player. Uh, he's not going to be as fast. I don't know what his overall athletic profile ends up being, if he's going to be you know, a four-and-a-half-yard-per-carry guy or if he's going to be more towards league average at four yards a, a rush. But he did it from a lot of different sets, and you know, Auburn runs you know, some unique concepts. So I have some questions about how it translates. But overall, you know, the SEC isn't the best school against rush defense anyways. Like, you look at Big Ten, they're better rush defenders, you know, than the SEC on average. Um, So, it's chopped up as a great defensive division, but the passing game, you can see it. The rush game, not as much. Um, And carry-ons, I'm just not excited about them. There's nothing, like, that gives me... That, that gets me excited. That gets me up in the morning. That gets me drinking coffee to think about carrying Can on. I ask you which one of these men does get you excited? Did you just do a script your Val Verde? Remember what color that pill was I gave you? It was blue. <laughs> it's a blue pill. So, uh, let me repeat that. Are there any of these men that do get you excited? Many. Many. <laughs> many of them. Wow. That's hardcore. <laughs> Uh, that's good stuff. Having a good time. Here's the Friday. 420. 420. I'll get 420 up there. Dude, you could probably have any girl out there that's walking around. Anyone you see right now with the hairnet on, man, you can probably nail. <laughs> this is going to be weird when they listen to this podcast on 423. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, no, first just, thing. To... Just, smoke a, just smoke a big doobie. And it'll, just, be four, it'll, it'll be 429. It'll be 421. Uh, but I'm going to have to go to the Apple Store first thing in the morning. Um, so I am drinking Salamoth Brewery. Uh, good, good brewery. Local to Chicago. I like them. Um, good times. This is actually one of my favorite new beers that I've had in a really long time. It falls in that somewhat um, uh, New England style, real, uh, real hazy and citrusy. It's called Endall IPA. And um, of these, this is one of my favorites. It's Indian Pale Ale, but it's got that haziness. Can't see your finger on the other side of the glass. It's like you're down in. He's flicking himself off and no, he can't see it. You off. <laughs> Stag Party's drinking a, as I said earlier, Three Floyds. 
Robert the Bruce? Yeah. How's that thing tasting over there, buddy? Got the wrong beer, but I'll drink it. You like so you want you wanted um, zombie I, dust? Or I wanted you either want zombie dust or Alpha King. I, I don't remember. Okay. That's like what happens it. when you don't drink this fucking type of beer enough. Mm. You forget which ones you like, and then you just black out a bush light. So no, the question is what <laughs> what's the alcohol content on that beer? Because the, my key is if I'm gonna make a mistake, I'm making the mistake over eight. Because <laughs> then I don't have to drink too much of that mistake before I start feeling it. Well, I came in and I go, Stags, I'm psyched. He had the bag in his hand when I went to grab them and take Daisy out. He's like, I was like, yeah, dude, you got your uh, bush latte? He's like, you're going to be proud of what I got. And I am. It's nice. So I love when Stags gets a throwback. Some and, I, and I'm drinking one that's uh, is more for taste. It's a six percenter for me. So this I is don't a, know what it is. This is a session ale for me. Here, give me the bottle. I'll, I'll figure it out. So I, I'm, a, I'm a session ale no, drinker. I'm, I'm drinking the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald from Great Lakes Brewing Company. Good. Uh, oh, I love it. It's a porter. It's it's like this is like before I even knew so, I liked porters. Uh, this beer is just fantastic. Great Lakes Brewing is a, a phenomenal brewery. They don't do a very good job with the IPAs. Uh, their Commodore Perry to me is a little bit rough, but if you like the, the blonder or the lighter ales, Elliot Ness is fantastic. That's uh, their pale ale, right? Uh, no, no, no. The pale ale is uh, is either the Commodore Perry, and then they have the other one, like the Tiger Eye or something, which is a, huh. uh, a much what's better the, one. What's the Elliot Ness one? That's a blonde. Like blonde a, okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, but really, really, really good. Uh, and uh, I hate, I and, you know, what, 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 everyone loves their Christmas what ale. Lake, I hate Christmas what ale. lake did the Edmund Fitzgerald crash in? Here. Superior, you're both wrong. Ooh. You're both at a 20% chance. You both suck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens when it you are naked. This is true. This is true all around. Uh, tell us about your mu- music opener and who we got on our sound bites. S. R. V. Stevie Ray Vaughn. So we opened up with a little scuttle bottle. Uh, we're off of the album Couldn't Stand the Weather, which is my, uh, yeah, I mean, everything he did was amazing. Uh, I mean, you can just listen to that scuttlebutt and you hear where he's doing like an extra lick in between where everyone else just does one lick. It's like, he was phenomenal. Uh, taken way too soon, unfortunately, at a show that I had the opportunity to go to. Uh, but it was with someone who I didn't know. I was 15 years old and had to trust this dude to jump in the Jeep to go up to Alpine Valley. <laughs> he was opening for Clapton and had the, the set of his life and then uh, great Alpine show. Alpine Valley. So, Dini would have died that night. No, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have been in the helicopter. I wouldn't have been in the helicopter with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I was 15 years old. That would have been amazing. He might have been holding on for dear life. Yeah. Hey, you were double licking. Give me your pick. <laughs> I could have been the cause. The dick. That, that's, that's probably what causes. Someone probably was hanging on and then threw the helicopter off. You got a Nick Chubb in the front row for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I think we'll be closing with couldn't stand the weather. So nice. Keep right. it on. Cool. Sounds like everything I feel like in Chicago recently. Couldn't yeah. stand the weather. Oh my god, it's been crazy. Um, well, one thing I'm going to just give out some of our stuff. Um, make sure you're, you're following us. Um, if you come across us randomly through Twitter or a link or someone else. Uh, from some of these fantasy football networks that were, are promoting stuff for us, and you're not subscribed to us, please do so. Uh, we're the Fantasy Football Fire Pyro Podcast. You can find us on all the big, um, all the big platforms. iTunes is good. Uh, we definitely like on behalf of um, Blog Talk Radio uh, and their uh, their Spreaker or Stitcher. No, they're Stitcher. They go. Sp- okay. 
I, think, no, I hope, I hope Todd Vader's not listening to this. I, I, think, I don't know what's happening. I get paired up on this one. <laughs> 420. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Battlestar Dogmatica, that? What? Yeah. That we said 420 Battlestar Dogmaticies. Um, <laughs> Miss that guy. Uh, good times all around. That's all we got. Giving you the lowdown on the products we've got during the show. Next guy, the big dude, the big fella. This guy's ridiculous. But before we get to this oh. big, ridiculous, big fella, we're going to pay the sponsors on time. And listen to this. Oh, wait, we don't pay the sponsors. I was hoping the sponsors, the sponsors pay us. Pay, pays us, this I is think. a great deal. We bring the audience and we pay them for the ads. <laughs> this sounds sort of shitty. Yeah. We gotta <laughs> talk. Great. I, I'm the I, guy love, that goes, I love the pyro business model. I'm the guy that goes to the casino and goes, I love this machine. It's always paying off. It's the ATM machine. <laughs> this explains a lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Good times. All right, Bo Scarborough. That dude... By the way, he was the, at the sixth. Uh, he's at what, 228 pounds, six two. I mean, this guy's the same. He's basically Derrick Henry part two, but he's faster. He ran a five four, a four five two, uh, which was like six best for running backs. He had the best broad jump. So, dude, that big. Well, six two, two thirty five. Yeah. No, no he was only two twenty eight at the count. Two twenty eight. So he dropped some for the count. So yeah, he'll, he'll yeah he'll he'll definitely gain some weight. He had to. He had to shed some to be faster, jump longer, and jump higher. But he was successful because he did that broad jump, which was he was the best of all running backs at that size, which is impressive. And then uh, he was actually second, tied for second best for the 40, uh, his vertical jump at 40. See, I, I like this because here's one thing. I think, Iverson did, I think Iverson's vertical, I'm going to yeah. look at it while you talk about sure. it, was 41. Could be. I know, I know that Rex Chapman's was 39. Because that I mean, was like so this guy pretty is, high for a white guy. <laughs> so when you look at when you look at Bo, uh, and uh, here's the thing that I like when I when I look at combine stats. Iverson, 41. 41. Good John call. Kemp, 40. Rex Chapman, is he in there? 39. Uh, Dominique Wilkins, 42. Um, not, not, they've only got guys that are actually dunk. He was he was in the dunk he was in the dunk contest. I know you know I like Rex. All right, so. He played in Alabama, so you know he played amongst great competition, right? He didn't also didn't have a major workload. He was getting 100, basically 125 carries. Oh my god! Uh, over Hold the, on, yeah, one more time. Guess who do you think's got the highest vertical of all time? Yeah, Spud Webb. Who do you think? It's obvious. Who's the best player of all time? Michael Jordan. Yeah, 48. 48. What? Who was second? Jordan vertical leap, right there, very top. Uh, Spud Webb was third with 46. What are they measuring this off of? Well, how... Well, he had a website? No, like, he, at the time of their vert, combine? I mean, yeah. I it's or, vert, like, it's a vert. random time at their career. Like, is this, like... I'm just saying, it doesn't matter. These it guys matters to me. <laughs> Repeatability. We're talking about basketball or football. Basically, what I'm saying is, I'm shocked that Jordan, that anybody can jump... I'm shocked that this guy can jump a, uh, you know, whatever, a, that's a 40 inch. That's four feet. But Jordan can do 40. That's four feet. <laughs> that's four feet. Anyway, Vince Carter, 43. So, this guy's ridiculous. I just had to see. Rex Chapman, 39. He's in there. So, but four feet. Above Kobe. So, four feet. That's 
vertical, just standing yes. up and four feet in the and air. You hit, and you hit those sticks. He could have been the greatest volleyball player of all time. He jumped two he inches. He probably still is. He jumped two yeah. inches higher than Kobe Bryant, this big motherfucker. Crazy. It's ridiculous. That's an athlete. All right, um, can I go back to Bo? Yeah, we can do it every... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Bo. So what's what I'm saying. I love these statistics because, look, I, play, I was, my point was that he played at Alabama, so he didn't get the ton of carries. His numbers were not outstanding when you look at his numbers, right? But the fact is, you know he's playing amongst great competition. They play a tough schedule. And you, when I see the athletic ability, that leads me more credence to where I'm, if I'm in my rookie drafts, like taking a third-round rookie running back in my third round, I'll look at this guy because I like that type of standout ability to go with good program, to go with decent numbers there. Last time I'm doing it, I closed the window, but I want to guess from both of you guys. Larry Bird's vertical. 31. I was the exact same number I was going to say, so that's crazy. So, okay, so we got to do more of that, like, price is right. 31. You going higher for the win or lower? I'm going lower. One, one, one lower? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go 30. You win 28. Yes. Jordan. Jordan, 20, 20 inches higher of a vertical. How about okay. Magic Johnson? 30. I'm going to say, because it wasn't 30. high. It wasn't 30. Was 30. All right, we're done with the vertical, but that's impressive. But give me one more. Give me one more. I, 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 I close the window. Uh, Just thanks. Uh, have a heart attack. <laughs> the reason why Bo Scarborough... Let's do a podcast on that. <laughs> the reason why Bo Scarborough didn't have a lot of carries is because he got injured all the fucking time. Well, that's a problem. That is a problem, and we, we talk about how in, injuries don't really correlate from season to season. Games missed don't miss uh, matter from season to season. Guys, guys aren't really injury prone, and yeah, he's not. He didn't have a lot of carries, but he's been banged up. So he gets limited touches. Limited but... touches in games. When you play cupcakes, you don't need to run a guy like that. Uh, you know they've got a plethora of running backs that they've always seen. We got three or four in the pipeline. You know, between T.J. Yeldon and Derrick Henry and Bo Scarborough and Alvin Kamara has to transfer out of the program in order to even see 103 carries in a season. But it, it, it's a plethora. You like, If you can get a guy like that uh, from a big program that's that big and that fast, he's one pound heavier than Nick Chubb, ran the same 40 time, and... Well, the numbers aren't the same. He, he was good on a per-touch basis. Well, the other thing that I like is size. Numbers with size, okay? I mean, it's crazy that he, you know, if he can just, what it is probably is working out and you get those other injuries, right? Because he shouldn't be getting the beat-up injuries. He's bigger than everybody else that's out there. He's bigger than basically all those uh, linebackers that were out there. So, you know, come on, 235 pounds. That translates better to me for the NFL than a guy who's at, at that 5'8", 175 pounds. Oh, yeah. You know that's, that's, right. that's nothing. Right. So I don't worry about the lack of production for a guy this size if he has those athletic numbers to back him up as an athlete. In the NFL, I think it can what, what, yeah. was the, what was the lack of production, though? We talk about it. Uh, what was his best season? Uh, best season was his sophomore year, the year before. But he only had, because last year, it is a junior year, he had 4.8 yards per carry with eight touchdowns on uh, 124 carries, 596 yards. Not wow. really a receiver, 17 catches for 109. The year before, it was 125 for 812 with 11 touchdowns. So, 
the thing is, there's a great piece on SB Nation. Uh, I think you yeah, shared yeah, it. I love that. Uh, basically, it's not saying that college production is everything. But college production can provide a ceiling for players. Mm-hmm. And why isn't a guy this big getting 200 carries? Right. Why are you know they going to maybe lesser players if he's that good? And that gives you a little bit of concern when, when you're going into rookie drafts and you're thinking, hey, he could land, land, land up in a great uh, landing spot that makes all of this irrelevant. But if he's in one of these committees where everything's fought for, you know, it's going to be hard to pay a premium pick for him. But I, I, I will have some shares for sure. I, I I get that, but I want to bring this and just bring it back to basketball because I don't necessarily have the relevant information in my head to come up with the players in football that didn't have the great college stats, but then all of a sudden just become ridiculous. But I mean, from the Michael Jordans to so it many exist. No, but so many guys that were not what the player they were. In, uh, they they were in a good system or something, and all of a sudden they get unbridled in the NBA. And they become ten times the player that they were, you know, doing everything from rebounds to this, that, the other thing that they didn't show you in their college statistics. So I don't know if D-Rex, if you have a thought on this. Well, I, I, I want to just refer to the article by SB Nation that Staggs was uh, talking yeah. about earlier. I'm just going to quickly, one, read it. Sports uh, uh, SB Nation, it's called, This new approach to evaluating running backs shows there's no reason to pick one early in the NFL draft. What I'll just give you quickly is the highlight of the sections um, that they have is number one is it's pretty damn difficult to distinguish yourself as a running back in the NFL. Uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, then number two, there is a similar lack of value in the latter later rounds. Running back draftees from 2010 to 17 with at least 100 carries. There's really not distinguishing much. Uh, and then there are other, uh, once again, your college stat line is your pro ceiling. Uh, another section, your college explosiveness doesn't translate. Uh, pretty good stuff. God, these look like great little pilot chairs. Uh, somehow an Alabama running back uh, is crazy underrated. The guy we're talking about right now. So that's the fifth point is uh, Bo Scarborough because of the reason we're talking about. Um, ridiculous athlete is uh, is underrated at this point. To, so do you, can I give you my, my, my tease I gave you earlier? Yeah. So just kind of going back and it's basically um, now it's been one, two, three, four, five the, over the last uh, six seven years, actually eight years, no seven years um, no eight years. We have nine years, only one running back taken in the first round. but there has been one what? running back taken in the first round for the last nine years. okay. Okay. So you're saying nine years in a row there's only one running back from taking the first round? Actually, I'm going to amend that to... No, because Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley were taken in the same draft, top 15. Oh, wait a minute. Why is it... What, what are you doing here? No, it's something, it's something you're changed. teasing us. I had, I had this thing here, and... Since 2000, there have been, like, 47 running backs selected. Well, where's my year that had, like, five running backs? Maybe it was All right, we'll move on. We'll let you figure let out that. Let me figure this out and then come back to me. <laughs> come back to me. Thank you. Do your Thanks, math. Thanks a lot. Um, all right, uh, Scarborough, you got anything else to say? Is there a landing spot you think um, would be terrific for him? Oh, I is know this, what I was doing. Is this a guy that you think, I'm going to ask you three questions, then you'll give you, is this a guy you think that's going to have um, an opportunity if the if the landing spot's right to be a, a household name? Everybody's going to have an opportunity if the landing spot's right. You Fine. know, you know it running back 
the most important thing is like open carries. Of so course, but if this guy, this guy, like like we say, he's a beast. Do you think he? You think he? What do you think? I don't think he's that special, but I don't think Derrick Henry's that special either. But now he's in line to see you know 180 to 200 carries and potentially get goal line work. Like at some point, talent doesn't fucking matter at running back position. And how you define talent for the running back position is different than opportunity. Because opportunity is all that's going to matter for fantasy. It's, 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 a tough, it's a tough sell. Houdini fixed his cells. He's, 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 he's come back. He's, he's back. He okay. fixed his cells. Yeah, he put all his cells no, back together. No, no. He's like, that was I'm going to leave him. I'm going to leave him. That was my quarterly uh, year-end uh, chart that I was right. looking at. Sorry. 2011 draft through 2017 draft. How many running backs have been taken with first round picks? Seven. Thirteen. Eight. I should have done the one. I should have like, <laughs> prices right up. Now you know. That's why they do it. <laughs> so, here, first of all, oh, you're not ready for that? Are you ready? I'm ready for this. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. Well, that's why you're going. You gotta go on the side. Stick for if, if I don't get home before about eight, she puts on the sweatpants, and once the sweatpants go on, it's over. I get nothing. Sweatpants around. It's He's over. doing the small side. So you get the left. higher you can, pop. You can do either side. It's just a matter of how you hold it. Yeah, higher pop. Like, this can give more momentum. I I know Fair how enough. levers work. Fair enough. The leverage, you obviously don't know how to do. But the, no, yeah. you, you could do this to gain more momentum in a smaller space and cause a bigger pop. You did a great job. I, it was fucking awful. I admit that. <laughs> the execution was not good. The planning was fine. The thought process that fucking went into it was great. Things don't always work out when you... The, Process over results, bitch. Long landing spot for a stag party on that one. All right, exactly. All right. So, thinking about that there was only eight. I like uh, Houdini being short with us. <laughs> now you just, you just got to see what how it's do like you, for him. How do you feel? I, I love it. When you guys start going or someone's being an asshole, I'm like, this is great. I'm, the, I'm not the only asshole on this show. <laughs> and when I'm looking for stats, I'm not listening to you anyway. So. <laughs> exactly. So... In 2007 was the Adrian Peterson year. It was Peterson and Lynch were both first-round draft picks. Okay, uh, 2008 then. Did he ask us this question from 2011? No, 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 no. Yeah, he, he updated. Yeah, okay. It's updated. So the following year in 2008, five running backs went in the first round. Talking about how this is a, a new thing since 2011 and on, and we only had eight. So, and in that year, you're gonna love these first-round uh, draft picks. For Darren McFadden, Jonathan Stewart, Felix Jones, wow. uh, Rashard Mendenhall, Chris Johnson. Hmm. And then the next two picks were Matt None Forte. None of those guys are still in the league. The next two picks were Matt Forte and Ray Rice. So think about where the value what, was there. And also, that, what year is that? 2008. And all of them, 10 years later, all of them are out of the league. Yeah, so okay, so then the next year, 2009. You had three running backs still taken in the first round. No Sean Moreno, uh, taken 12th overall. Donald Brown from the Colts. Remember Donald Brown? Yeah. Beanie Wells. And then first David pick in the second pick. round? First pick in the second round? LaShawn McCoy for running backs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Sean Green. Uh, so 
So that's interesting. 2010 was your C.J. Spiller and Ryan Matthews and Javid Best. Again, three running backs in the first round. Uh, Matthews out of the league last year? No, Ryan Matthews still in the league. No, he was out of the league because of that neck injury. and He was on the Eagles roster, and they never liked yeah, him. They, but he didn't play last year. No. So he God. was on the Eagles roster, and they won that championship. Point. I don't think he was on the Eagles roster officially. What a horrible... That was a... 2010 was... You talk about you like go down the list. The worst. Do you want to know who the want to know who the best running back was probably on that class? Alfred Morris. Yeah, I'm right. Good guess. No, it wasn't in that class. You sure? Um, then I'm going to take 2010. No, not 2010. No, I'm take it. 13. Uh, best running back was who's the first running back taken? It was uh, CJ uh, uh, CJ Spiller. Wait, I thought you were going to the next year. 2010, we're in. Oh, okay. Ryan, that was ninth overall. Ryan Matthews was taken 12th overall. But probably, Ryan Matthews is probably the best. But the, the other guy, like when you go down the list, the only other guy that stands out, James Starks. Yeah, seventh rounder. Yeah, sixth rounder actually. 24th. Okay. So 2011 then, now we start getting into the one one running backs for the most oh, part. Yeah, James Mark Ingram was the, uh, was the only one. High yeah. control winner out of Alabama, New Orleans, traded up to the. 22nd or 24th overall pick? 28. Ooh. You were close. You were close. My Who else in that one? That was, that was then, uh, after him, was Ryan Williams, Shane Vereen, Mikhail LaShore, Daniel Thomas, and then all you get the third round, you have to get all the way down to, to the next guy, DeMarco Murray, Ooh. before you get your first success out of the there. The best. Yep. Is DeMar- yeah, bye-bye. Is DeMarco going to, where is he? Is he I think he's waiting for the draft to go next week and see where he can land and potentially he can carry. Also, that's also a Bilal Powell uh, draft class and a Quiz Rogers draft class. Why is Powell quickly while we're talking about this? Not just to, why is Powell so low on everyone's list? He's fucking garbage. Okay, that's it. I just want. I just don't like the Isaiah Crowell sign. I, I get it. It hurts him, but I just want. I just don't know. Everyone was pretty high on him over the previous two seasons. I, I mean, didn't have any he had loads of opportunity. They have no intentions of making him anything more than he is. And even you know, with some semi-increased touches last year, you know, he wasn't great. Yeah. So he was good. He could be a value if they don't add anybody, but like flex level starter. Like his crow. We'll move on. I just want to get to this. Yeah, this is where the whole point of this comes in. Here comes the last, this comes a draft class. You just pulled this point out of your ass. No, no, no. Well, no. <laughs> I was just waiting for when it was. This, I'm waiting for this, the There were three running backs in 2012, take, three running backs taken in the first round. And after this draft class, there were no running backs taken in the first round <laughs> until 2015. Well, I know one of them. Trent Richardson. <laughs> yes. So that was number one. Who was, who was, who was after him? It was Dougie Martin. Doug Martin. Now, name the third. It was one of, uh, it was one of. Uh, he he was like, we'll I'll give you, I, I can give you the, the light, light first carry fumble. David Wilson. David Wilson. <laughs> David I don't even think that was his first overall carry, was it? Or was it David first Wilson. carry on a kickoff of a second season? Was it his first overall carry? I think it was his first overall. Carry. Regardless, right. regardless, literally, I knew that. Or it was no, it was the first carry of the of the second year. You're right, second year. I was high, had the high yeah, expectations. They actually, yeah, they actually, that's what it was. And then that was the other one. Uh, uh, oh, favorite guy, Dog 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 Dog
Oh yeah, Benny Cunningham. No, no Isaiah no, Pede. No, no. no. Pede. Uh, no. Zach Stacy. Isaiah Pede. Yeah. Oh. Isaiah Pede. Isaiah he was the Pede. next. Yeah, I liked Isaiah Pede, but you said LA Rams, not St. Louis Rams. That's what I just said. I just said Rams, oh, and then Lamichael James, Ronnie Hillman, Bernard Pierce. So then look, trash, trash, trash. 2013, they waited. Le'Veon, it was Giov- Giovanni Bernard was the first running back yeah. drafted. Le'Veon in Bell. In the second round. Yeah, in the second round. Then Le'Veon Bell, then Monty Ball, Eddie Lacy. Uh, anyone else come out of that? Oh, man, that was the draft. I was so upset that he never played. This is the Zach Stacy draft, but Marcus Lattimore. Man, that was the, the, the yeah. hope that he could be the steal of all steals and come back. That's a Rex Burkhead sixth-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, class theoretic sixth round draft pick in that class. Let's go to the next yeah, one. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. We'll so 2014, uh, no first round picks. Smart because the first three running backs were Bishop Sankey, Jeremy Hill, and Carlos Hyde. And then Charles Sims, Trey Mason. Right? Bishop Sankey wasn't a first rounder. No, second uh, first, first round, twenty second overall, fifty fourth pick. Oh yeah, forgot about that. So, so Terrence West, that was a Jarek McKinnon class. Devonta Freeman was all the way down in the fourth round of that class. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then uh, 2015, you had finally first round picks. You, you got me on the on my mistake. The Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, um, and you had and uh, we, we know what's going on from there. But then we had Z- a pretty sweet then Ezekiel, Ezekiel, but then Ezekiel uh, draft Elliott, party that and last <laughs> only year, we went to and got drunk. But yeah. last, last year was <laughs> a comeback, right? Last year was a comeback. Where, 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 we had two uh, first oh, round that was, at, uh, was that Burger Bar South. Oh. The, yeah, I think it was downtown because the draft that, was, was that here. That was the year before. That was the year before. It was two was years. That was two or maybe that was the last year in New York. It was because the year before. Next year, I was at the draft in the stadium. I remember that. That was sick. There was the one that was I, first one. That was where I had like the first one that was in Chicago. We did have that burger bar. Oh, uh, 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 the burger shop on Mad- on Michigan Avenue. That's where we had our, our first thing. Maybe you so went we two do it three day? years. Did we do it three years then? We only did two. Then I, I went two, and then the second year I was with you. Yeah, because you got tickets. You got, you got we tickets. So that one must have been the year before when they were still in New York. Um, the funny thing about the year that I actually got like kind of all hooked up uh, with over there, it's the, um, <laughs> it's the the guy that hooked me and my buddy up was the dude from the NFL Network that moved over to the Ringer. That got totally nailed um, with the whole sexual assault. The, the producer. No, oh, I'm not, I'm not, men- I'm not mentioning any names. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but my yeah. guy, my hookup basically is he's, he's no good. He, no yeah, good. He's essentially the Kevin's uh, Spacey of fantasy of uh, football production right now. <laughs> it was also awesome, oh, hopefully I he's met, not listening to this. I met yeah no he's not uh, but maybe his brothers are. Uh, I will say this though, I met Aki Shuffle and had oh, a beer. That's right. That was yeah. a great picture. Yeah, yeah. I love that picture. What was that year? Because Icky is just like a guy that you want to meet. That's and a guy. during when the meets thing came out. Go right. Ahead. Cold cuts. Go. <laughs> Got some cold cuts. I, was, I said, I was, I'm happy for your uh, renaissance. He goes, thanks, buddy. Um, well, is there, now, we're almost two hours in here, so are there, the of, of the, like, right, of, I know, but of the running backs that are left, are there any ones that like really stand out that are, that are interesting? Yeah, Colleen Bellage from Arizona State is a guy who looks to be a dynamic player. He's got some pass-catching ability, but the overall efficiency in that offense was awful. You look at his yards per carry in college, it's like 4.0. Uh, you look at his yards per reception, under seven. Just not impressive stats that he put up. But this is a guy who's also another big, fast fucking dude. 
who may be better suited to play in the NFL, and if he can land with a coordinator who knows how to use him, if he can land in a Jarek McKinnon role where they only ask him to run outside, where they ask him to run sweep, toss, outside zones, things that I like, you know, things could go well for him. If they... It's you like know, the opposite ask, of Chief Keith song. <laughs> if they ask him to run in between the tackles all the time, I don't think he's going to be that great. Uh, but you know, as as a guy who could land places, maybe he's the Jarek McKinnon to Pat Shermer in in the Giants organization. If they don't go with Saquon Barkley and decide to draft a a late round running back. Well, remember leading up to the draft, I know that a few of the people I follow and respect were like. Watch out! After the after the combine's done, um, uh, Bar- Belange B- Balich is going to be ever- on everyone's map because he's going to show his athleticism and he's going to smoke everyone across the board. And that kind of didn't happen. Well, so he did. Like the- he was the second best speed score athlete, but fucking Saquon just came out and shit on everybody. So what do you want him to do? Okay, I guess the Saquon level does kind of screw things up for anybody. But um, anything else you want to say on him? There's one guy that, out of all these running backs that I watched, that I thought I had. You got more on him? Yeah, go for I, it. I've got more on Blanche. Like yeah, go that on. offense he played on was awful, but he also got beat out by competition there. They never gave you think him. The a offense ball. will be better this year with uh, her, her, uh, her, her Edwards. Uh, I don't know. Yes, you play to win the game. Do you know in his press conference, you guys see any of this stuff? He like he's obviously a very religious guy. He's a Sun Devils coach, and he like like every time the Devils are brought up, he's like, "We don't talk about the Devils." They're like, um, "You're the coach of the Sun Devils." <laughs> like, Sun Devils, it's different. But he didn't put two and two together, so he's like like a few times like, "Let's just not talk about the Devils." So I was thinking about the devil. My, my buddy posted, uh, did you see the picture of Putty from uh, Seinfeld at the Devil's game wearing the Devil's uh, face ma- uh, thing that he did in the episode where he like scared the priest? Devils! That's pretty hilarious. I, I don't know Seinfeld, but I know what you're talking about. I'll, I'll, pull, yeah, I'll pull, pull it up for you. I know what you're talking about. I'll pull it up for you. Um, Stag party. Okay, you got it. Look, keep going on this guy. I got one guy that I liked. I just want to say that I don't understand how ASU doesn't have one of the best football programs in the country because they have like some of the lowest attendance standards. They have super hot girls. Their campus is amazing. <laughs> the thing they're building now, the thing they're their building facilities now, facilities are amazing. Like, well, they're in the middle of building that stadium. Was it last year's for opened up? But everything else, they're rebuilding. It's like. Fucking Starbucks money from Schultz is just funneling. They got they got more money at that school than any other. Like they're a top five making money from their um, uh, revenue generating yeah. sports. Well, no, for making money from the people that graduate. Donors, yeah, oh, don't donate from graduates. But some serious success. I don't know how they're not a better school. I like football wise, like. I agree with what you say. They will be with these new this whole new Maybe. athletic department. They will. Um, I don't know if I don't, I don't think that uh, Herm was the right hire, but. Then you got Dinkus down there. Dinkus down there. You know, also their athletic director is Ray Anderson from the. the and he was the VP of the NFL and actually with the Falcons for a while. So he's he's there. At, things are on the up and up there. Yeah. Uh, 
Flipping back to a couple other guys I like, both NC State players. That's so, my guy, yeah. I love Well, it depends what position. We're doing the running back and tight end show today. So Jalen Samuels. I don't know what I, like the, I don't know what position you think this guy plays. Because he might play tight end and he might play halfback and he might play H back and he might do a little bit of everything. So, naturally, he's going to get a lot of comps to Delaney Walker, and, and that's something I like. But, you know, Samuels is a guy who scored fucking touchdowns whenever he sort of caught the ball. Um, and when, whenever he caught it, you look at his carries to touches, and the ratio is just all weird. So, I just don't know what position they're going to ask him to play or if they're going to ask him to be his own position and be multifaceted, do everything. And if that's the case... Fucking sign me the fuck up. Because this is a guy who with the ball in his hands is athletic. He's big. He's fast. He's not the tallest guy. So that means he can't play, you know, a traditional tight end role. Yeah. But, you know, if he's an H-back who's catching 50, 60 passes a year. And he's, you know, rushing it 120 times. You know, things are going to be good. But And it depends on the designation he gets in fantasy, too. I meant to play something. Yeah. I meant to play something like else for your for your Valverde, and, and it's fitting right now. Number forty-four. Ah, forty-four. Oh. It's me. It's a cool cut. Uh, see the wire. Do it. Do it. I I gotta fix it. Number forty-four. Ah, forty-four. That's me. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. 44, ladies, that's me! Woo! Go get some cold cuts today! We'll get some cold cuts today! Cold cuts today! Well, I like what you, you said there, and I think that's something, like you said, what position is he playing or being uh, designated for for fantasy football? Um, I like this other guy uh, in watching some of the tape from NC State. How aren't they a better team? They've got like a lot of them. they got a higher. Wide uh, tight what? end. They've got a wide receiver that's up there. It's like individuals, like, no team. I don't know, man. Um, Chubb is, is. But I like this uh, Naheem uh, Hines. That guy. One. One thing I will say, I'll preface that I do like him with in the video that I watched. This guy gets hit really hard. <laughs> he he like literally gets knocked out. The Florida State game, some of the, there's literally like five hits in that game where he's like trying to run against the extra yard and it's like dead. Like just <laughs> on his back like is this guy alive and he gets up and does it again. So that worries me a lot for concussions and injury because at the next level if he's getting hit by the guys that will be pros um, in college, this guy gets hit hard. But He's a smaller dude, like I'm, a lot of these guys talking about, but he ain't petite. I, I'm doing I'm doing a major league with him for my draft list. Cross him off the list. I mean, like literally, it's like three hits in a row, like within the same drive in Florida State. It's like, boom. who's their uh, safety? That badass number three. Derwin James. Oh my god, he fucking laid this guy out two times, like in one drive. That where's is that guy coming, bro? Where's he? Oh going? yeah, he's going. 12 to 15, huh. maybe top 10. God, like, that guy's fucked. Both the safeties, Derwin James and Micah Fitzpatrick from Alabama. People haven't rated as 1 2 1 2 2 1, whatever you want to call it. Uh, a B B A. Yeah, yes. Exactly. But, uh, but the, James hits the, like a light. They could go from 
know, five to fifteen. Is and Adams the guy the Jets took last year better than James? No. I don't think so. So why isn't James? He went fifth last year. Anyway, well, that James should. Adam shouldn't what. have gone pick uh, pick five, and I told everybody that. Last you did. Year. You didn't like that at all. I remember that. Um, all right, let's. Uh, the last. Oh, the last thing I got. Small petite. Uh, that was the guy. I'm gonna do do a, a break in a minute. But the guy that I thought um, the Vikings. I'd read on uh, one of a Vikings uh, blog that uh, that was a player in Hines that they thought would be a good replacement for yeah. Derek. They can get him a little bit if later. He, if he's the satellite player, uh, you know, pure pass catcher, you know, sort of Tyree Cohen-ish, you want to use him in that role, perfect. And if you get him with the coach who's smart and who knows how to use that role, you know, maybe he's a Derek Sproles replacement, that type yeah. of guy, good things are going to happen. So landing spot's going to be dependent for me and – but I think he's got some talent. He's got some juice. He's bigger than Tyreek Cohen, who's really fucking diminutive. And he's not Ty- a plug. Tyreek Cohen. I like Tyreek. Uh, I, I, I said Tyreek. I like Tyreek. Tyreek. He's not a plug like um, like your Sproles, where he's just like this plug. Yeah. But he's definitely got, he looks more athletic, but he's a, he's a smaller dude. He's almost like um, a little stockier. I don't, I'm not going to make Well, he had, what, the fastest combine at, the, or the fastest quarter time at this year's combine. Yeah. Yeah, legit. So that was one guy. For running backs. For running backs. Yeah, for running backs. I think, I think that was a guy that, that, that interests me. Just just the tape, he got nailed, like literally sidelines, like knocked out. My, my career might be short, but looking pretty good. Before we get on to... Um, maybe I got the next two more names. Okay, I got two go more names. Two more. We got a couple more uh, running backs and whatnot. But before we get into them, do us a favor and listen to this word from our sponsors. Who who you got, buddy? There, there's two more names that I like. Uh, a little bit deeper. You know, didn't show up at the combine. Sort of had bad times there. Uh, or, you know, just aren't, aren't getting a lot of hype this draft class. Like Josh Adams from Notre Dame, this is a guy who had a ton of production, broke off long run after long run when this offense couldn't seem to get much going from a passing game standpoint. That always concerns me. Um, and then Mark Walton, who, you know, is coming off an injury, a big injury, an ACL tear, but had, you know, great production at Miami. Uh, before uh, uh, you know, getting injured, he was able to move the sticks. Just you know, he's a pass catcher. But at the combine, he did nothing to like. But the production was there, so I got to see how that translates. Because um, the combine was a fucking awful showing. Because I thought he was going to be, you know, a lot faster for his size. Uh, but in the end, it just ended up badly. So. Like, that's one of the worst combine performances I've seen for a running back. And outside of Orlando Brown, I don't know if there's a player who hurt his stock more at the combine than Mark Walton. Uh, anybody who had too many... Valverdes! ...to sabe donde esta su, uh, you know, personal... <laughs> That's how, when I do Spanish, that's the way it goes. Donde me llamo, um, 
So Mark Wahlberg Carl? did hurt himself at the uh, at the combine. Yeah, I heard he was a what Boston fan. That doesn't go well when you lose to the Eagles. Some, some, something, something. <laughs> <laughs> Up in the box during the Super Bowl. Um, all right. What? So are we done with uh, running backs? Yeah. Hold on, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass the shit later. Four twenty. <laughs> Doug Manica. It's much better with Doug Manica. It is. Houdini. Well, the one reason why it was so good is with Doug Manica. It's an extra, was, it's an extra syllable. That, and but also, he was so happy to hear it. Oh, yeah. He just thought, it just was <laughs> Whenever so we felt up. like we were pushing him a little bit too much to the edge, I had to heat up yeah. to this. <laughs> Doug Manica. All right. No, we are not. There's no vape in the room. None. What? Where am I? <laughs> what day is it? We're moving on to tight ends this now. was a mistake. I'm sorry. Good yes. times. All right, we're moving to tight ends. We've done everything we could with running backs. Uh, we'll be talking about them more, obviously, after they draft or where they land, and there's going to still be some opportunities for some running backs in this year's draft that don't even get drafted that can have an opportunity. Uh, so stick with us and just, you know, not even just us. There's a lot of resources out there. Just stay on the news. And uh, one of these guys... Drafted or undrafted, could be the um, pick of the draft like Kamara was last year. Uh, let's go to tight end. Before we get into any of the guys, I just want to preface um, the dude that I'm looking at this year um, that isn't in this draft. Tell me more about the dude that you're looking at this year. Oh, my God. He's, <laughs> you want to know what's amazing? He's got such a great butt. What, His name's I was going to say Jake Butt. Jake butt. I was going to say Jake Butt. Broncos pick last year. Yeah, I was trying to steal him as my last pick in like all my rookie drafts, and of course, like all the guys in my leagues listening to this show, and yeah. he was snaked like three or four picks before in, in like three of my leagues. It's the worst. The amount of championships I've lost for having this podcast are unbelievable. Someone actually on my pyro on my Pete's Puff thread. We're not talking about leagues. Like, hey, Nuna, when's your first mock draft? We gotta see who you like. Like I literally read that. I was like, Jesus. I'm like. No more public mock drafts for you, Buckers. But literally, like they know who I like. By so you know what you have. So now you need to play. They're asking to see him. You right? got to. You got a thousand dollar. You got to get low. We got to get low. You got to play dirty. So now what you got to do is you got to you got to make your list of like who are your top twenty favorite guys, and when every mock draft comes, you don't draft them at all, dude. Dude, I love what you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. This is it. <laughs> You can't run disinformation yeah. on our entire listener base yeah. just for your leagues, you fucks. I like what you're saying. I don't. <laughs> I, I agree with these things. <laughs> uh, no, I'm in. What I just don't have to do is I can't post to a couple outlets our podcast, our close to the draft pod, and other stuff. So, whatever. I'm not going to, I'm for you fans, but god damn it. I should have won two leagues in the last two years. Um, You're now on Patreon? You must be a paid subscriber to listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Okay, but to go back to it, Jake Butt didn't play at all last year. You know the story. He would have been a first round, late first round, potentially early second round. Tight end out of Michigan. The guy's a stud. Big, can catch. Until this injury, he had been a model of health. Um, he got... 
picked in what the fifth round or something by Denver Broncos. The Broncos are expecting a lot. He's about a year and a half off of, uh, over uh, since his injury. By the time the season starts, he, they said he could have played like week four or five last year, but they just maybe it was a little later. But they just shut him down. Like, hey, we're not worried about this year. And they got a lot of hopes on this guy. I'm telling you, even in MFL tens right now, I'm gonna swoop him up in the next two rounds, super late after going a little early on on Kelsey or whatnot. This guy, in my opinion, is my similar type pick to um, when Eifert uh, crushed it four years ago. I think he is going to be just a real, real gem at a low draft capital. Let me tell you about this guy that I really like. He plays on Denver. His name is Virgil Gray. I knew you were going to say it. I was like, who is it going? I'm like, it's going to be fucking Virgil Green. Well, the best part to me is like, I'll never forget Doug Manica was such a Virgil Green fan. I was too. And also such a Jake Butt fan. So it's like, they know their tight ends in Denver. Well, But we also like, after we Virgil did for like, I said it, I think last year, like, can we never say Virgil Green? <laughs> Great line. Well done. Say. Right when I tell you guys, I'm like, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I don't even know uh, if Denver, or if Virgil is still on Denver. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he is. But yeah, that was, we're, we're sorry for anyone that picked up Virgil. If, I'm not sorry. He's a fucking athletic monster. And I just never threw the ball to him. It's not my fault. How can you be that athletic, that good of a blocker, and never have the ball thrown to you? Doesn't make mathematical fucking sense. Yes. Hang on. Oop. I screwed it. Uh, it screwed the pooch. Oh, God. Let's go. I had a good one, too. I'm coming. Chosen one. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. Alright, that's all I was saying with Jake Butt. This guy, don't forget about him. He, was, he won't be drafted. Has zero stats from last year. So if you look at it based on in your draft no queue, based on points yeah. scored last season, and that's how you're done. This guy is as far down as they, had, or, as they can be, but I don't tell you, dude. I think he could be a top 10 guy and be value city. Well, top 10 tight end. Not that saying all that much, but when you get in there and it's like Ebron, I'd let someone draft Ebron six rounds before I'm drafting Jake Butt. Any day of the week. Butt it out, man. Butt it. All right. Um, go on to the rookies. Uh, first guy Stag Party's got on the um, list from Penn State. Workout warrior Mike Gusecki. Uh This is a guy. Mother, <laughs> you wrote me a goddamn note on this is a guy to stop saying it. Now I can't get it out of my goddamn head. Keep saying it. <laughs> that's, you said, that's, oh, I was like, that's what I was trying to It's real hard with prospects to not say this is a guy. I was wondering what that you were saying. They all it, do it on, the, on ESPNs too. Listen. It's yeah. stuck in my fucking head now because you wrote it as a note that I can't, I like how I can't time, get it out. There was one time he goes, this is a player. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Yes, I did. <laughs> This motherfucker right here, Mike Gusecki, my dude, uh, big, fast, can run routes, can move out, he ran much faster than I expected him to at the combine, uh, you know, he's been putting up, you know, uh, tight end numbers for moving the chains, things you like to see when you look at productive college football tight ends, there's usually... Not much. These guys are just usually athletic marvels that don't put much up during their college careers 
or they put up a ton of numbers and then aren't much athletically and you try to figure out how to meld those two things. So when you come from the college ranks to the pro game, how, how do you just take things they've done and or take who they are athletically and mesh those two things because they're very important. And this guy you know, sort of has both of those profiles to where he was a productive college player, you know, he was a red zone threat, he was a chain mover, he was there when his quarterback needed him, despite having other weapons at, at the wide receiver position, still being productive. And How having Saquon Barkley yes. at running back, when who was you, also a leading receiver for them too. Yes. How do you meld those things and consider them as pro prospects? Because you look at a guy like Mark Andrews or Dallas Gobert, who's a little bit uh, Gobert, who's a little bit further down my list, but you know both top five options. Can I, can How I, do you meld them? Okay, so here's, it matters. Here, here's here, here's where it comes interesting. I want to talk about your top two guys. So you got Kaseki as your number one, and you have Andrews as your as your number two. Okay, now both of them. You got Kaseki is a six foot six, two hundred and fifty seven pounder. You got Mark Andrews is a six foot five, two hundred and fifty four pounder. Right now, you can look at it. and You can say, Hey, look. Well, um, over the last two seasons, uh, Andrews had uh, ninety one catches, and Gasecki over the last two seasons had one hundred and five catches. So both have been consistent. But Mark Andrews was more of a more doubled his production from the year before, had sixty two catches. Gasecki was a 48-57 guy, so he's been consistent. Now, the one thing, though, when you look at the stats, too, you're going to say, well, but if I'm looking at these two guys, I, I'm all, all over the place. I want to have Andrews. Look at the yards per, per reception. He, he's got uh, 16.7 as a freshman, then 15.8, 15.5. Gasecki only had one year where he was over 10. But I give you this. What do you also need as a tight end? You need to be able to block. What's the other thing? What fucking conference were each of these fuckers playing in? Because Andrews plays in the Big 12, but they play no defense. Play with Baker Mayfield. No pass defense. They, they, they let you just run up and down the field, run whatever route you want. And you also don't line up and play real offensive line blocking football. Gasecki plays in the Big 10, plays in Penn State where they have Saquon Barkley. You know he was out there being that extra blocker, doing all those other things. And where Andrews is having uh, seven to eight touchdowns every year, Gasecki still had the five and then nine. He's still a scorer, and he's doing it on a, on a team that doesn't score fifty-five touchdowns through the passing attack. They, they scored twenty-four touchdowns through the passing attack. So he actually is a bigger part of the offense. Don't be fooled by the numbers because in college, conference that you play in plays a big role, and there's one thing that the Big Ten still gives more of to the NFL than anybody else, and that's offensive linemen and tight ends. Do you think, um, who is this guy? Is he, is he any, um... An Evan Ingram, or is a... A Kelsey? Uh, is he a, not, I don't think he's got that Ingram aspect. No, I don't... He I don't, does. He's, he's got the Ingram aspect. He does? He can sit out and play wide receiver, be matched up one-on-one -on -one against corners and box them out. Has enough is he more of a Kelsey? Again, I know he's 80-fucking-one or whatever, but... Kelsey's a, a tough evaluation because he had a lot of Gronk but also had injury history, and both those guys you know, have that in common. Gusecki's been healthy, been productive, uh, you know, put up good numbers in the Big Ten, also was a workout warrior. When you look at Penn State, they just put up guy after guy after guy who destroyed the combine. 
Yeah, and you also look, um, the one thing about uh, Mark Andrews is he obviously had Baker Mayfield throwing the ball. Is there any way if Baker gets taken early and, and uh, you know, Andrews... No, absolutely. Uh, Mayfield's just like, oh, he goes to the Jets and, and yeah, just got Ebron Jet- or whatever, but... Uh, no, not Ebron. Um, who did they just sign? Nobody. Really? They lost ASJ to the Jacksonville. I know. I thought they, they didn't sign anybody. No. Right. I mean that that that'd be a good pairing. Four twenty. You want to grab your uh, your babe again in there? Yeah. Go for it. Everybody's high above me. Damn. <laughs> we asked. We, we, we had the opportunity. I offered. <laughs> That's on you. I mean, buddy. I'm, we're, I'm snorting Molly over here. We're doing all this sort of shit. You, you just didn't want him. Involved. That's your problem, friend. Oh. I'm not your friend. I'm not your. I'm not your friend, buddy. I'm not your buddy, friend. I'm not your buddy Don't call guy. me buddy guy. I'm not your guy, buddy. <laughs> well played. Well, well played. Um, um, but should we move on from this no, fella? Oh, no, because oh, this, this fella. I want to hark. I want to harken back to a time when we called guys oh, fellas. Fella. <laughs> hey, fella. Yeah, I mean, Go ahead. <laughs> take it away. Stay. Take it away. Gusecki's got such that interesting mix of production and athleticism that I think he's the number one overall player in the class. He played in a tough conference. You know, he showed some skills as a run blocker. You know, really developed this year as a playmaker. And the thing is with Kelsey and Gronk, they are so good after the catch. Gusecki's not on that level after the catch, and that's the real differentiator. I got a guy for you who is his uh, cop. But what about it's Kyle Rudolph? He's Kyle Rudolph. We're on, Andrew, but we're on Andrews. Well. Well. We're talking. I know. Sort of like I know, but I'm telling you, Gusecki seems to be the more like a guy like so a. He's a more athletic Kyle Rudolph. Right, and Rudolph, but a guy who can knows how to maneuver in the red zone. Not a guy who's who has the breakaway speed as giving you the huge yards per catch, but gives you can give you volume of catches as well. He remind honestly he reminds me more of Jimmy Graham. Like really? Look at Jimmy Graham's career yards per catch. You're not gonna be like you know, twelve. He had some seasons in thirteen. But Kaseki's got that type of athleticism. He can split out on the corner and just play the jump ball in the end zone, in the red zone. So system do- system's gonna mean a lot depending on who's gonna take who because you think he's gonna be I, is he going to be a I don't late first-round pick, or is he going to be or in the first round, or is he going to be... I don't think there's going to be any first-round tight ends, personally. Okay. okay, right. Personally. This is how I feel personally. Now, if all the tight ends, if the top three or four went in the second round, would not be surprised. Okay. But I think there's you know three or four real good players at the top at tight end, and then beyond that... What type of system really fits him best, though? Is it is it... More of an inline system. No, no. With, it's with one a that's great running back, like he played with in college, with a Saquon Barkley to be like on a Le'Veon Bell type team. No, or is it if t- you play on a if you a play. team who could also use a tight end, Pittsburgh. If you play him as a big slot, he's going to do well there. You play him some inline, like the you know Giants sort of didn't think of, where he's going to be more of the move tight end than he is the traditional. Inline blocker all the time, always out there. Second round to the Steelers. Ah, I don't know if he makes it to. They trade up. Well, that's. I I am seeing two both tight ends being late first round or early. That could happen, yeah. Including Anders. Um, All right, you want to get anything else on this guy, or should we get to? uh, No, I'm good on Gasecki, but let's talk about 
you know Andrews a little bit because he's a guy who's that vertical threat uh, down the seam. He's, he's got that part of the Kelsey and Gronk game down. He's not nearly as good after the catch, but he's a big dude who can also move outside and play the power role um, that you want, you know, occasionally. 6'5", 256. He's fucking big, and, you know, for and his... he ran a 4'6'7". For his size, he's also big. So when you talk about... Uh, Adam Shaheen, how he how he was big and ran sort of fast. How about this, this? guy's bigger and faster? Yeah. You know, a pretty good college career in terms of production. Um, and now, what else do you want? He was basically a true difference maker as a matchup type piece because it's like, oh, we got to account for Mark Andrews. He to me. Huh. Uh, looking at stat wise, I, and I don't, re- I didn't like. Well, I haven't watched any film on him. I want to be one hundred percent honest. I'm just kind of judging yeah, yeah. it on this. But from the things you were saying, and then I went back to look at the size and, and weight. Two inches shorter, my boy Dallas Clark, who was a big playmaker, but not overly fast. Not this, just kind of shifty. Was a good, good pass catcher. Made a lot of plays. You know, and in college for him, 2001, 2002, obviously, it's, a, it's a quite a different era. But for that, as a tight end, had 38 and 43 receptions uh, with four touchdowns each, uh, 14.2 and 17.3 yards per reception. So, playmaking type of a guy. Now, he gets, he gets the ultimate luck of all luck, right? He, he goes to Indianapolis and plays with a third-year uh, or fourth, fourth fifth-year Peyton Manning, who's just blossoming into what he's going to be. Um, you know, but... Maybe that's the type of a thing where Andrews could could be that type of a guy. Well, guy, let's be honest. Tight end position isn't one even when in, when you're watching college games. You're like locked in on the tight end too much. Um, if you're looking at players, probably on that Sooners team, you're thinking a lot more on Baker and running with the, your eyes. When you do see him in short spurts or see some of his tape or do a search on Twitter and, and throw in the name Mark Andrews, there's a lot of like autoplay, like, you know, quick hit video, gifts, whatever. This guy, when he is in line, and off the off line, the, the the factor of the matchup of him doing the post or hitting an out or being able to go on a little fly route, it's scary because he actually has that kind of jukey, uh, floppy body style that that that, that I think uh, serves uh, Kelsey so well, and he's a little bigger than him. But the thing that serves thicker, Kelsey well is that him. Kelsey can be on the end of the line, and you can you can block with him. This is where, with all a lot of these guys, you know, when you're thinking about, are they just going to be basically a glorified wide receiver at the this tight end position? This guy's more of a blocker, I believe. Uh, well, well, better than Gasecki, but that's even better. Coming off of a team that where they ran the ball and he was in pass patterns all the time, so he's used to doing it. So, you know, uh, I just want to know when I look at any tight end. Because, unfortunately, every position has become, there's four or five of you guys. So, you're now my blocking tight end, and you're my receiving tight end. Well, I don't want the blocking tight end. I don't want the guy, I don't want, Don, I don't want Donald Fells, or Daryl Fells, or any of the Fells brothers. Right? Because they get, they, get, they get 14 catches on the season. 
I want the guy who's the Evan Ingram. I want the guy who's the the, the O.J. Howard who's or uh, these younger players who had the bigger potential to be something. But then the other part is where do they land and what's the fit? And the fit matters for some of these guys. Oh, absolutely. It matters for everyone. Yeah. Well, every no, but some, it matters for some more than others. Yes, some more than others, but it also matters for everybody. Well, it always matters for everybody, of oh, course. Um, Mike Gusecki's closest athletic comp, according to Player Profiler, is Vernon Davis. Mark Andrews is Eric Ebron. Um, <sighs> Who'd you rather have? You know who you'd rather have between Eric Ebron and Vernon Davis. Oh, don't even, don't, I love Eric Ebron. Don't fucking bring Eric Ebron up in the same breath as Vernon That's Davis. That's what I'm saying. And he's a huge, Vern, I mean, he's a San Francisco guy. I was, I was, I was actually peddling that one you to D-Rex. You were pandering like a D-Rex He's only recently become an Eric Ebron fan. What? Uh, no. I, Wait, the, what? No, I haven't. What? Haven't you? Oh, you're, oh, you're anti. Wait, oh, I, 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 yeah, no, I was talking really how I hit him. But I think <laughs> but we got Eric uh, Davis, not Eric Davis. Uh, Eric Davis, oh, wait, 44 yeah, home runs. Yeah, great, great red. Um, As a rookie, I think. Okay. But hold on. Vernon, still playing. Yeah, how about Still it? playing. And at this point, is Reed? Or, yeah, we'll go on. Go ahead. I mean, you look, at, you look at Vernon Davis, though. He's like size, speed, score, one of the most at ridiculous yeah, athletes oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. Across positions. Yeah. Doesn't fucking matter what category you put him in. He's going to be sure. up there. But, you know, among tight ends, that's where Gusecki ranks. He's like a, a 95th or percentile athlete in, across the board. Like, catch radius, everything. This guy's got long arms. He's fast. He's fluid. The three-cone drill is my most important drill for tight ends. This guy is athletic, can move. In and out of breaks. That's where Jordan Reed ex- uh, excels in terms of his combine <coughs> testing because he wasn't fast. How about this he wasn't question? Big. How about this question that probably seals it for everything? You roll reversal. You put Gasecki at Oklahoma, put Andrews at Penn State. <coughs> Are the stats basically mirror or does Gasecki all of a sudden? Become instead of the 31 to 62, he becomes the 62 to 75 catch guy from him from one year to the next. And and Andrews at a Penn State it maybe struggles more pick. and never gets higher than like 40 catches at a Penn State. Yes, I believe that's true. Okay, so that's where fit matters. But you know, with these new RPO systems and run pass options, one of the first reads in an RPO is typically tight end in the first three yards of his route. Okay. So, I'm reading the running back. If I can see my tight end getting an inch of space, I throw that quick seam route right in between the linebackers and we're gaining, you know, 15 to 20 yards. That's a, like, the Oklahoma offense of Lincoln Riley has a great offensive scheme. They get players open all the time. If he ran the offense of Penn State, I believe Mike Kosecki would have been a giant weapon and went over so, had, had over a thousand yards receiving whoa. in college for a tight end, which is fucking ginormous. <laughs> so, was like, do you, I don't know? I, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot or whatever, but it's just, or is it like obviously the majority? I, I would imagine, in my mind, is that Kosecki played probably about at least thirty to forty percent more times on the end of the line. Uh, than Mark than no, Andrews. Opposite. Really? Andrews is the guy who's always on the end of the line. Yeah, I think Andrews, it's, it seems... Because you're saying he's a better blocker, which is surprising to me that at Penn State, it's like, 
Go check out some of his tape. You'll see it. He comes off that line, and those those guys go around him, and he's he's just solid. I, I like I like what I see. It looks Kelsey-esque. Uh, let's move on to the next guy because we've got a lot. Yeah, to, let's go. Let's go to uh, and, and Dallas And don't have left on any of their computers. So Dallas Godare is a go mar- dirt, not Joe Dirt. Go I mean, if you want to call him Joe Dirt, where would he play at? South Dakota State. So. That's the place I imagine. There's a lot of dirt. Joe Dirt. Is that where Zach Center played? I think he was at North Dakota State. Don't ask me these random fucking questions when well, I can't. Just go do your thing. He doesn't have his computer in his. In his I'll I'll his mind. He's, had, he's had beers instead of Monster tonight. Go, I'll I'll know, know, but well, we're going to let him regain his conscience. No. And while he does, that, yeah. we're going to listen to our sponsors for this very important ad. Thank you. Zach Center went to South Dakota State University. Nice. Woo-hoo. One for D-Rex. Uh, one, one, you're one, one in a million. <laughs> and Stack is saying, I used to love him, but I had to kill him. <laughs> so Dallas Godare is another giant motherfucker who just had gigantic college stats. Like, you look at his numbers uh, at South Dakota State. He was just, you know, putting up yards, touchdowns. He was basically the centerpiece of an offense, and you know that's usually something that translates pretty well. Uh, he didn't do a lot of the combine testing to where he didn't run the forty. He wasn't healthy enough, but he he should have ran well. He would add a big catch radius. You know, this guy is ginormous. Um, and the college numbers are, you know, very, very impressive. If Houdini's finishing pulling these up, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, is this him? No. I was going. O- one, I was going e- one ahead with Hurst. G O. Hayden Hurst is a former college, you know, MLB, uh, MILB pitching prospect who caught the yips after hitting a player apparently, and. Cannot and Joe Dare is apparently the one guy on uh, the uh, college football reference that his, I cannot find his college stats. Just Google it because they're good. But he's one of these Kelsky-esque players who can move and who can be a lead wide receiver in an offense. The issue is he's already you know 23. By the time he's drafted, it'll be like 23 and a half. So he's going to start a season right under 24 years old. He's already one of these older players. Uh, and when you look at you know, how they're going to develop over time, maybe he's already reached his ceiling to where he's not going to be this great. <laughs> okay, I got, I got the stats. Thank you. <laughs> uh, as a junior in 2016, 92 receptions for 1,293 yards, 14.1 yards per reception with 11 touchdowns. Uh, and then last year, 72 receptions, 1,111 yards, 15.4 yards per reception with seven touchdowns. And that's also with another giant wide receiver in Jake Weineke, uh, who's you know a wide receiver prospect in this year's draft as well. He's the guy who also put up huge numbers at South Dakota State. Uh, Ends another big, fast, six foot five, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound athlete um, at the wide receiver position. So 
those guys dominated that offense, and, and they were able to do well. So it's going to be an interesting. There's some people who have Dallas Goder as the best tight end in the class, uh, and he's got he's got some wiggle for a big guy. And when I look at tight ends, that's something I want. I want those guys that can evade tackles and, and just be nimble in the open field. He always says to me, "I love when you wiggle, wiggle, wiggle." Wiggle, 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 what? Hey, I work out. <laughs> hey, I work out. I don't know what this is, but I like it. You know what? <laughs> what? This is like Saturday Night Live. Skit? It's a song. Really? Yeah. L-M-F-A-O, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. oh, I know. I know them now. Don't know the song. Thank God. Um, Hayden Hurst. Former college pitcher, former uh, major league prospect, is what, 24 or 25 years old now? Um, but they expect him to be one of the top tight ends drafted. He looks like the fucking guy I would not want to fuck around with. He looks like... I'd, I'd fucking fight anybody with a mullet. I've decided this <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you know, he, he does... He, he looks like... I've he decided... Like shocky. I've decided this much in my life. I will fight anybody with a mullet. I don't care. I'm I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta look at this now. No, this is like, he's like a big... This is a... This is a yeah. This is a country bunk... Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Is like, yeah. Oh, who's he remind me of? Who, Jeremy Shackles. Who was? Who was? No, no. Who was the the white dude that um, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars took? Right? Who was a quarterback wide yeah, yeah. receiver? Mike, Mike, Mike Matt Jones. Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. But th- he's this guy's a lot thicker than Matt Jones. No, I know. I'm just talking about like with the hair coming out and like just, just looking. The only like, person that's done more cocaine <laughs> than Matt Jones in this room is you. Look at, look at the hey, pictures what? that come up. When you pitch up Matt Jones. <laughs> look at that. No, looking good, buddy. That is awesome. Well done. That should be the picture of our uh, of our podcast. That's, yeah, grab it. Send it to me. I'll send Dark it to helmet. You. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, this guy looks this really is good. Not even, this is a different Matt Jones, which is even great. This oh, that ain't... That ain't you, no, know, you know the picture of Matt I Jones. Just, I just Googled Matt I Jones, know. and look what comes up. And it's a guy from Kansas State football... But that was the guy with the. the this dark is, yeah, this is not the guy that we were talking about. I know. He's a football player? <laughs> that thing literally looks like he took the helmet off and he'd slept in the thing the last four nights. What the hell is that? Isn't you better send me that. I need to talk that right now. I'm to send you that. And it's just great that all I did was, hey, hey, don't worry. Is, the, is, your, is your mouse or the, uh, the. What's going on with his teeth? Is oh, it, yeah, my mouse. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Does this guy have like. He doesn't have much teeth. No, but but the fact is, I just typed in Matt Jones, and this guy's picture comes up. That's great. It's absolutely priceless. Good Lord. Let me save that sucker. Uh, All right, so, I mean, look at this. Mel Kuyper thinks Hayden Hunt is going high in the NFL draft. Hayden Hurst? I'm sorry. (laughs) It it, it really hurts. It really hurts. Give me that lighter. All right, Stag's going to try to open another beer. Ready? One, One, two, two three. Valverde. Not like I'm going to be inviting Dinkus and Boy Genius over for dinner. So yeah, this, happy now. this one says, and it's Kuiper. Take it with a grain of salt. But he thinks that Hayden Hurst could be a good fit with the New Orleans Saints at the 27th overall pick. Okay, Mel. Mel. And that's April 18th. So that's two days ago. That's great. No. So you're saying he wasn't smoking on 420 and making this comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, 
if you want to draft like a 25-year-old tight end who used to play, you know, minor league baseball, um, was a pro baseball prospect as the, you know, first overall tight end in the first round, you should be smoking on 420. <laughs> what are you doing? Go talk about the re- a couple more of your guys. Let's let's, let's he, uh, he's got one more guy. You got a who's a who? who? Don't you? Who do who? Who do who? Who do who? Oh, nice. Thanks, no, for, but, thanks for the save. But <laughs> Hayden Hurst is a guy who's athletic. You know, he's got that profile. He, he's big, fast, strong. You know, since he came on the scene, he he's put up good numbers in the South Carolina offense. Uh, you, you know, they expect him to be, you know, a pretty good pro blocker, um, but it just doesn't excite me like a lot of these other guys. The other guys have this athletic profile, which, you know, if I'm looking for a tight end, I'm looking for a guy who's going to move the sticks as an offensive player, not block an end uh, in order to get a three-yard game. All right, so let me ask you about your next guy that you have on the list. A Mr. Guy who sounds like Fusili Jerry. Uh, you know, he's got a very, the Seinfeld episode where they, where they made the Fusili Jerry, which uh, ended up going up. Who sat on Fusili Jerry? Was it uh, uh, Costanza's father sat on Fusili Jerry? Is that right, D-Rex? Dude, I do not know Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, you don't know <laughs> Seinfeld? You know. Oh, so Troy, Troy Fumagalli, which sounds like Fujili. So I'm a fan of the show, but I so, just don't know it. Big um, Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten at Wisconsin, six six two fifty. Fumagili, Fumagali. Go ahead. Can I ask you a question? What's the question? Suke Fukudami. So, NFL tens drafts best ball. We're talking about we're talking about rookies right now, and we, we can, you can keep it to these two positions. Um, running back and tight end, but just in general, when you're drafting guys right now, and I'll get your perspective on you know the keeper and, and dynasty side of things. How many in a twenty round draft? How many rookies are you taking? Are you are you are you scared? Are you scared of grabbing a few of these guys we talked about today and right. a couple weeks ago? Well, right now is the time to grab rookies because you could potentially profit. If they land up in great landing spots and are not, uh, you know, premier talents. So say a guy like Bo Scarborough, you know, he magically lands in Indianapolis. He's the only other running back to Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. That's, hey, this guy's going to get fucking touches. So now I drafted this guy in the 18th round. This guy's going to return, you know, 8th to 10th round profit. That's what I'm looking for. So there are some market inefficiencies you can get from drafting rookies in MFL 10s. Before, Before the, draft, the draft. When you don't know where they're landing. Yeah, I, exactly. like, I like that. But, you know, there's a week left. So you're going to move to landing spots to where, you know, rookies are either going to be overvalued or undervalued. And there's going to be guys who skyrocket up boards. I'm probably going to avoid those guys. The guys who immediately skyrocket off to the draft I'm really not going to have anything to do with. If a guy's like knocked down a couple rounds, I'm going to be interested in being the other side buyer. Uh, so just playing the market inefficiencies of the movement, it works you know, pretty well. You can really find some you know, profit margins by playing before the draft. 
who are some guys in the MFL 10s that you've been drafting? And, and I know you hate actually doing that because you think every, all your competition is listening to the show, but <laughs> is there any, like, uh, maybe... What, Rookie-wise? Like, yeah, yeah, we're talking rookies. That's all I want. I've got a couple shares of O. Uh, even I think I've... Like in that 18th? Is that was that is that real-world intel? Yeah. Because I like it. Yeah, I've also, you know, played some Jalen Samples. I don't even remember what he's listed as right now. Um, no, picking him up. And then, you know, guys that I'm a little bit higher on, like Richard Petty and Ronald Jones. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not as high, but I still like his talent. So I'm willing to grab rookies when I don't like the, the face value names at running back. Uh, fireworks at Sox Park. Woo! Hold uh, on. But you, who are the guys? Uh, wide receiver Saint Augustine. You like or no? Aquanimus Saint Brown. Uh, I'm really not trusting any. Augustine. I saw this like saying that name. Did you see that? Aquanimus Saint Brown. Movie the other day. No, but it's a song by. It's a song by the. It's the age of Aquanimus. Band of Horses. Band of Great song. Valverde. Oh, you got me too. What you need to do? I don't need any more drugs. It's not a drug. It's a flower. I would never say I don't need any more drugs. I'm fine. Valverde. You're the king of the. the uh, uh, you're making out here? It's extract. You're the extract king, man. Oh yeah. By the way, the movie is Extract. This was a uh, movie with uh, Jason Bateman and. Uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis and the dude uh, from... Um, I've never seen this movie. I haven't. The woman says she's the dude, seen it. I, it's yeah. confusing. I'm like, we've never watched this, you bitch. <laughs> like a dude, a dude like gets like a... Has we a were big, trying to extract different things <laughs> other than watch this video. There, Information. There, yeah. there, there, there was a Fingernails. Dude, there, was a dude that, there was a dude that had a ball accident. He definitely lost one of them and they think that they can reattach the other one, but they're not sure. When you saw that, you had a personal connection. I said, hey, you know, I, I, I feel Been your pain. Been there, done that. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else you got? I was, I was not going to play that one because I knew you were going to say something. I feel you, weird. I did too. <laughs> I love you guys. So, it's been a good show. We're, we're nearing down. We're, we're, we're closing it down. and It's nearing an end. No rush. I work all the time. What does it get me? <laughs> Would you even want something? What do you want? What's your computer? Could you pull up my list, please? <laughs> <laughs> this so tell, tell, tell me what you want. Thanks. So why don't you tell me the movie that you want to see? <laughs> so Fumagalli is an interesting prospect. Oh, yeah. You know, out of Wisconsin. You know, asked to be a receiver. Big body. Also a blocker. They think he's going to fit in in today's NFL. Uh, you know, he can move people out of the way as a blocker. Can also box out linebackers. You know, be a centerpiece of a passing game, which he was asked to be at Wisconsin because everybody else is fucking terrible. Stop when for one second. You're a fucking he, coach. He, what you, what you, you are a coach. Board. You I've are. Been, I've been you board you, for four years. You, have, you, ever seen, have you ever seen a move? No. Like, Steve, Steve, you wields seconds. You wields like a clipboard. His eyes out. He wields a clipboard. <laughs> it's it's power. It's it's. I love I'm it. telling you what. I gotta get. I'll get the Next, picture. Ian no. Thomas. No. Next. Are you the head coach? Are you the you head coach? You are the coach, right Lions. Oh, awesome. uh, I didn't take it. Oh, it's hey, my I, I took my picture instead. <laughs> Go on. 
You did the reverse? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a problem. Just so you know, that's Just enough to get like 40 pictures of him no, kneeling on. You guys want to know the best move ever? If a bunch of girls ever like, take our picture. They yeah. hand you the phone. And you flip it on picture, yourself. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's good. Say smile. And everything's you. And you hand it back to them. And they're like, it's all pitched to him. And you're in the same place. Every time they come back to be like, you are such an asshole. And you're like, in like Flynn, you take the picture again. They you know what you should do? You. No, no. They want to give you your number to send yeah. the pictures. Cause you have your phone ready for when they come over and they're like, you're such an asshole. I know. Yeah. 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 Oh, I do. Your first name. Nice. In together. And no, but then, and, then do, and then do a selfie of you with them yelling at you and then they're going to be like, okay. I can't have you have that, that on my phone. That happens later when I'm... Dogs in the tub in it. Alright, finish this out. And that concludes old guy dating advice. When you're trying to date 25 year olds in bars. Well, that's him. That's him. Hey, he's married. That's right. But the best times I've had over the last five years have resulted in women under 29 years old. That is no question. Sorry, old timers. And one's from Canada. But the young ones ones are a little more. One's from Canada and one's from down uh, below borders, too, correct? I don't care where they're from. You're you're (laughs) you're part of the NAFTA agreement. Yeah. Oh, you know. Cheers. Yeah. One of them's from uh, Mm. Rwanda. What up? What up? (laughs) Ian Thomas, what up? Thomas. Dude, I hope Ian Thomas is listening yeah. to this because after Rwanda he gets a Ian Thomas what up what do you got for him he's another Big Ten tight end who's a <laughs> versatile love Fridays but... yes. <laughs> let him talk sorry this would be much better oh, I need mean, I'm talking to myself I'm like, shut oh, up stop I'm talking like right now. stop talking go stats Fuck, Ian oh, Thomas yeah. is going to be relevant for like four years in fantasy, so. Let's, get so let's be good. We're done? Fuck that. Dustin, <laughs> good board. Do you have anything else you want to say? Yeah, let's talk about... Sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. All the time, all the bad times. That baby. You guys are insane. Uh, no, to be honest, that was good times. No, I'm married. I want to go home and have sex. Indeed. Nice. You're going to bang her tonight? Every day. <laughs> Every damn night? She's the on best woman in the world. <laughs> Good oh, for you. That is great. Good for you. You got <laughs> towels. You got towels. Holy shit. I'm glad she doesn't listen because. Oh my god. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some I'm gonna do a uh, like target marketing just to her email account while I'm a podcast. We'll do a different show and it'll be Aaron's picture again. I got the best wife ever. Here are the reasons why. <laughs> Would never do that to you. Is, that, is this this better not go down like clowns in the closet? <laughs> no, never do that to you, buddy. If you're getting laid every night by your wife, three, two, three years into the marriage, three sixty-five. That's what you said, though. Oh, now he's, now he's like, <laughs> backtracking. Oh, he's like, backtracking. Yeah. Now he's like, he's like, wait, I think my brother. Oh, listen, he might. Right. This is a pretty good backpedal. Mike, shut up, Mike. Shut up. This We're is a pretty right now. This is a pretty good backpedal. Yeah, I haven't seen on. a good one since Deion Sanders. <laughs> My head is hurting. My head is hurting right now. Seriously, from laughing and being in pain. Uh, yeah. You're gonna be in pain. Ooh. I don't think we've got anything else to say. Good times all around. We know we're gonna have some Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is actually a short show for us, uh, which is great. We're gonna do about uh, two hours and fifteen minutes. 
I'm going to go home and eat some pizza. Nice. I was thinking about something today. So this is our 307th show. And this will be lowballing it. I did the math a little bit earlier today. Um, this will be lowballing, but two and a half hours per show. I think we're much closer to three hours. Yes. Um, over the course of uh, our 307 shows. And our but short say, shows are 212, 214, that time. But, but very limitedly. That was like early now, on. Yeah, our, our, sh- our short shows now are this. Yeah, three um, hours. So it, let's say, but at two and a half hours uh, times 307, it basically was 32 days of straight hours of podcasting. So That's some said, analytics! We've done this before a little bit. Talked about it a little bit Thank on you. episode 300. Sorry, I got to think up some. But um, <laughs> the, the fact is... It was perfect timing. That was good. Thanks it's for the hiccups with your audio. No, it's filled your But the, the truth is, if you went on a 32-day international vacation and you press play on the Pyro Podcast, Fantasy Football Fire, on your uh, iTunes account... The first show we've ever done, and you went on a 32-day vacation and came back. When you came back, and the speakers would still be listening to or displaying and playing us on the Pyro Podcast. That's pretty incredible. When you're when you're stranded on an island, you can listen to us for 32 days straight. Yeah. Who would you fucking kill first? It is a little tough to jerk it with a TV blaring it through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to- I just had to come back to that. That was pretty good. <laughs> no, I'd kill... If you were alone on an island, you'd, you'd kill all of them at different times. But good times all around. I mean, we just really appreciate you guys listening to us. We know we're a crazy version of it. There's a lot of podcasts out there, fantasy football now. The Honest God Truth, when we started doing this, there weren't that many. And uh, we were the first to really be fucking crazy and drink our faces off. Have a good time. Not try to shit. sound like ESPN yeah. or anybody else. We got we've had, we, we got smart guys um, with stats over the years. Stag Party for sure now. Dogmatica in years past. Me and Houdini. We just know our football. We watch our football. Uh, we, we bring it from the heart. But um, just a fun show. So we're, we're psyched. We took a while off. This is our second show back. We'll do another one in two weeks. I'm actually going to be recording a show on Sunday. Probably won't come out till Monday or Tuesday. Um, with actually, it would come out Monday because we're recording. No, Monday or Tuesday, and that's going to be with uh, FF Wheeler, uh, one of our contr- contributors, and then also um, PK Ripper is going to be on that show. Some of our topics on that one are going to be MFL tens um, and uh, roster construction for MFL tens, but also for redraft leagues. And then on top of that, we're also going to be doing um, touchdown dependency. Uh, and it's going to be a fun show because Wheeler's a hilarious guy, uh, and so is P.K. Ripper's a hilarious guy. I'm all right, but those guys love each other, and they like are in all these like leagues together, and they're homies on Twitter. So I'm pretty fired up for that, tri- uh, that, that, that triumphant uh, try. Triumphant. Triumphant, sorry. I'm triumphant. Or I literally just smoked more gum. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You, you got it? You want any more? I think we're done. Right. I love you guys. All right, Thanks. So, Robert the Bruce. Like seeing you on it, buddy. And, uh, yeah, fun. Fun. And uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is from 1984. Couldn't stand the weather. Such an amazing uh, guitarist who was so embedded into, like, blues and also Jimi Hendrix. So, on this album, he does, like, a whole voodoo child thing and everything else. So, check this album out. 
This song blew me away when I first heard it. I think I was, it's probably 1990 when I heard it. It was like six years after it came out. I was 16 years old, and that was like when I just got completely engulfed in Steve Ray Vaughan. Here you go. Couldn't stand it
here. Adios, Dinkus. <laughs>